This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. With thousands of migrants coming into the city from border states, Mayor Adams has been ringing the alarm. The mayor is calling on the federal government to provide resources, both money and shelter, as the city nears its breaking point for taking in new asylum seekers. While the mayor has taken a more confrontational approach with the Biden administration, the governor has been more conciliatory. But now both leaders say President Biden needs to sign an executive order speeding up the process for migrants to work here legally. They're eager to work. They want to work. They came here in search of work. Shut up. I also want to say to parts of our country and our state who are enacting bigoted policies based on fear and intimidation, join us, join us. Let people know the yeah. true story of what New York is. Go up yourself. From Governor Hochul as she tried to convince local yeah. officials to welcome some Go of the tens yourself. of thousands of asylum seekers arriving here. Suffolk County became the latest area to announce plans to ban asylum seekers sent from New York City. We do begin with the meeting at the White House amid this political battle over raising the debt ceiling. The U.S. set to default in a little more than a week. President Biden and Speaker Kevin McCarthy face-to-face at the White House. The U.S. Treasury set to run out of money to pay America's bills if the two sides don't come to an agreement, not only in that room, but then Speaker McCarthy must get any agreement back through the House in Congress which, of course, is no easy feat. So the clock is ticking here with both sides aware of the potential consequences. As if things could not get any worse for Trump legally. He's now facing new trouble for comments he made about writer E. Jean Carroll on national television. Ms. Carroll is seeking in Manhattan federal court a, quote, very substantial additional amount of damages in response to Donald Trump's comments on CNN. The filing says that she should be awarded these damages to, quote, punish Trump, to deter him from engaging in further defamation and to deter others from doing the same. It's all about availability for me and uh, keeping my mind sharp and things of that nature. It's challenging. It's challenging, you know, for sure. It's a very challenging season. We'll see, we'll see what happens going forward. And I don't know. I got a lot to think about, to be honest. I got a lot to think about, to be honest. And uh, just for me personally, going, going forward with the game of basketball, I got a lot to think about. He was born in the summer seventh year coming home to a place he'd never been before he left yesterday behind him you might say he was born again you might say he found the key for every door when he first came to the mountains his life was far away on the road It don't last for long. Rocky Mountain High, Colorado, the Denver Nuggets 
born in the ABA. You remember some of the names, Dan Issel, Alex English, the NBA Bats Lever, all those guys. You remember those, Lewis, now the Denver Nuggets in the NBA Finals. They dispose of the Lakers easily. I couldn't believe it. All those players they've had, this is the first time they're yeah, in the I Finals. I mean, those tremendous players. Issel Hall of Famer, English Wasn't David, Hall of Famer. David Thompson on their team? He right? was. The high-flying wow. NC State star and uh, David Thompson. They've had a lot of great players over the years. One of those was also Carmelo Anthony. We'll get to him. Drafted, of course, after winning the championship at Syracuse in 2003 and spent seven and a half years with the Nuggets, including a Western Conference Finals appearance. But the Nuggets made very, very quick work of the Lakers, swept them in four. So for Dr. T and others, including me, who thought LeBron James and the Lakers had one more in them, that's over. They're done. And you heard LeBron at the end of that piece put together so well, as he does every morning, by my guy Justin Ellick, talk about I've got some decisions to make. i got to think about my basketball future. i got to think about it. So it'll be like Tom Brady here for James. Is it over? Is he going to retire? You don't need the money. I can tell you that. <laughs> He's doing okay. Before LeBron even walked on a basketball court in the NBA, he already had like a billion dollars from Nike. So he's okay with money. And he's got a lot going on, LeBron. You know, he's got like a, a Hollywood studio and, you know, he's become kind of a voice, a moronic, ignorant, stupid voice, but a big voice in the African American community. So he's, um, he's got a lot to think about. We'll see. The Eastern Conference, as I said to Chris Russo last week, the Heat have a chance to sweep the Celtics tonight, too. I have to imagine, I don't know this. But this, if the Heat do win tonight, it's got to be the first time ever both conference finals ended in sweeps. That's unheard of. Those are the two best teams. They usually go seven. But the Nuggets swept the Lakers, and Miami has a chance to sweep Boston tonight. Magic Johnson saying yesterday the Celtics have to tear it down. But I said to Dog last week and others right here, do not bet against Pat Wiley and Eric Spolstra this time of the year. They beat the Bucks. I know the big guy was out, Giannis. They beat the Knicks, making quick work of Boston. So it looks like this year's NBA Finals will be the Denver Nuggets and Miami Heat. What a disaster for David Silver. A disaster. You need L.A., you need Boston, you need those types of cities. Denver, Miami, disaster. Denver. Oh, Denver. But that does bring us to uh, Carmelo Anthony. And, you know, Carmelo... He never really got a fair shake in New York. I, I was still working at WFAN when, when he came here. I was a fill-in guy at that point. And I remember doing shows the summer of 2014 with guys like Mark Malusis and others. And the whole conversation was, well, Carmelo's not that good. He can score, but he never passes. He's not a very good defender. None of that is true, by the way. He wasn't a very good defender. That is true. But he was a terrific rebounder. He scored at will. He was a decent passer. He was a great player. But the truth is, in all those years with the Knicks, he had nobody around him. Nobody. They talk about Patrick Ewing having to win with guys like John Starks and Charles Oakley and Anthony Mason. Who the hell did Carmelo have? Tyson Chandler? Ray Felton? I mean, give me a break. They won 54 games 
in 2013. Beat the Celtics and lost to Indiana in the second round of the playoffs. And he led the league in scoring. The guy was amazing. I don't want to hear Carmelo never won. He didn't. Never got to an NBA Finals in his whole career. Closest he got was Western Conference Finals as a young player in Denver. But uh, after 19 seasons, if you haven't come to the realization that Carmelo was great, not just a great scorer, a great player, not one of the 10 best, not one of the 20 best. He did make the 75th anniversary team, won three gold medals and a bronze medal. I loved him. I watched number seven at the Garden, one of my favorite all-time Knicks. I'm too young. I was born in 1967, so I can't really wax poetic about Willis Reed and Walt Frazier, Dave DeBuscher, Bill Bradley, those groups. For me, it started with Bernard King, and then I had Patrick Ewing. And Carmelo's up there, folks. He just is. So yesterday, after 19 years, Carmelo said goodbye. He made a little video. That's what folks do these days, you know. They make videos. When I retire from WABC, I'm going to make a video. Oh, no no kidding. <laughs> you know, what's funny about that is when I got the job at WABC, I made a video. I actually was in my den in Boca Raton. You can probably still find it with all this great sports memorabilia around me in shorts and a T-shirt announcing, because I made a big deal about it down in Florida, where I'm going next, announcing I'm coming to WABC to work with Bernard, God rest his soul. So I did that. I did a video back in 2016. Here was Carmelo Anthony's video yesterday, the former Knickerbocker who played here. It was uh, 2011 when the Knicks acquired Carmelo Anthony. 2013 was that amazing season till the Knicks traded Carmelo to Oklahoma City in 2017. His last year was 2022 with the Lakers. Nobody signed him last year. So yesterday he called it quits, and this was Carmelo Anthony's bittersweet goodbye, cut number 19. No, I'm sorry, cut number 25, 25. Right. To the court where I made my name, to the game that gave me purpose and pride. But this bittersweet goodbye to the NBA, I'm excited about what the future holds for me was on uh, Carmelo to talk about his legacy, hopefully more than the game. Former Nick great Carmelo Anthony Lewis, cut number 26. It's not my feats on the court that come to mind, nor the awards or praise, because my story has always been more than basketball. My legacy, my son. And finally, he gives all the credit. <laughs> come on, what's with the, with the music? What to is... the fan. It's way too dramatic. It's Ridiculous. silly. Come on. It's over-the-top silly. <laughs> Carmelo, you're a basketball player. Calm down. <laughs> his wife was a big deal. Remember all the fights <laughs> with his wife? And uh, was it Garnett or something? She tastes like cherry uh, uh, Frankenberry. Oh, or... right. It's nasty. Uh, this is uh, Carmelo thanking the fans. Lewis, cut number 27. The cities I represented with pride and the fans that supported me along the way. I am forever grateful for those people and places because they made me Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> Shut up, God. Oh, no. I, now I, I mean, really don't. Yeah, I did this whole beautiful tribute from now. I want to punch him in the face. No, Shut up. God. <laughs> he just said his name, the <laughs> I mean, third please. person. What's his wife? Uh, Lala is her name. Yeah, like I know that. two famous Lalas, Lala Anthony, and uh, for many years, one of the stars uh, was it Vanderpump? Lala Kent? Lala Vanderpump? Lala Kent. She a hottie, by the way. So anyway, Carmelo, he done. And um, he was a great Nick, and thank you for the memories. And we'll just leave it at that.
Thank God. And maybe LeBron will be next. I don't know. But there are some other serious stories we need to get to. There's some migrant stuff. The illegals, still a huge issue. And that's why Curtis Sliwa is now on this show. It's four days a week. It went from two to three to four. And I put up a Facebook post, which you'll see later on today, early this morning, in the 3 a.m. hour, where I said, I'm no longer going to apologize for this show's success. I'm just not. People want to make me feel badly out there, some of you morons on social media. And um, I'm not going to do it anymore. This show is a monster. No morning show in the history of this station. None, none has come close to the success we've had here the last couple of months. And I'm only going to apologize for it. I'm not going to do it. I'm just not. And that's a testament to my guys, Lou, Justin, and Noam. And really, what happened was I had this great formula how to do a radio show down in Florida, which was the impetus for Craig Schwab and Chad Lopez to hire me here in New York in 2016, which was a lot of music, sports, politics, entertainment, all that, and involved my guys behind the glass. And it got me the job here. And to be honest, they've allowed me to do it now. So it's not an accident. It's not. It didn't happen all of a sudden. A lot of years of work here. Worked my ass off for seven years you know, midday show, morning show, God rest his soul, Bernard. But they finally let me be me and do what I wanted to do. Because I had some pushback over the years. And now the show's enjoying great success. I'm not going to apologize for it. So with that said, that's what I put on my uh, on my Facebook page earlier. I'm not going to apologize for calling out Sharpton, a POS yesterday. I did curse on the air, something I... Never do. I never do that. Never. But I did yesterday. I'm not going to apologize for that because he is just that. So no apologies today. I'm kind of like uh, Trump today. Trump refuses to apologize, and uh, so do I. You know. But the illegal story is uh, is still the biggest story. In fact, my mom Naomi is coming on today, and I know you folks love her. She's become a cult hero. Now, look, I'm not the first to put my mother on the air. I used to love it when Howard Stern did it. But uh, Naomi is probably the most entertaining mom on radio, and she loves doing it. So she um, she's up in Sullivan County, my mom, Conyonga Lake, White Lake, about six miles outside of Monticello. And they took a whole bunch of these illegals, and they put them in Liberty, Liberty, New York. And uh, my mother's mad, you know. Well, my mother gets very upset about a lot of things, though. So. She's going to join us and start yelling and screaming about these illegals. But the witch, the governor, who's nothing but a witch, she talked about this yesterday. And, of course, if you don't like these migrants, and I don't like them, I don't want them. That's why Curtis Lee was on four days a week. No apologies there either because he's got all the info. And it pisses off Joe Borelli, who I happen to like. And it pisses off Joanne Ariola, who I happen to like. I don't care who gets pissed off. Oh, God, excuse me. <laughs> no, no one's gonna get no apology for that either. No, no, yeah, no, none, zero, nothing. You don't like it, you right? Kiss no, something, right? You know, you know, you know what the two words are. So yeah. Hoko was uh, talking yesterday. You know, basically, you know, if, if you don't, uh, if you're not for these people, then uh, you're a racist, and then, you, and, and then we got to get them work. We got to get these folks work because there's jobs out there. On and on, her and um, and Adams on the work authorizations. 
So we'll play a bunch of these uh, Hoko cuts. We know, of course, that New York City is the number one destination. She calls them asylum seekers. I call them illegals. And of course it is. Nobody treats these people like we do. Nobody. The food, the hotels, Xbox, liquor, partying in the stairwells, the whole thing, you know. Kind of reminds me in the movie Wall Street, the first time Michael Douglas, Gordon Gecko sends Charlie Sheen, Bud Fox, a limo. You got a hot blonde and a whole bunch of cocaine in that car. That's what we do for the migrants. We set them up like Bud Fox. Gordon Gecko and Bud Fox, Wall Street. This is Kathy Hochul, Lewis, cut number seven. New York City is the number one destination for asylum seekers who have been released from federal custody, who are awaiting their next steps in the process. Now, we know why. New York is an incredible place to live. But it also has conferred a lot of responsibility. And the fact that right now there are over 42,000 people sheltered, safely sheltered in this city, shows the effectiveness of the mayor's operation, but also the compassion of the people here in New York. Because this is a humanitarian crisis. Yeah, we don't care. Not created by this city, not created by this state. By who? But it doesn't matter. Who created it? Why don't you say it? Created by Joe Biden. Why'd you stop there? And this idea that we all love these people, for the most part, are are good people. God bless them. I wish them all well. I really do. Families, little kids, children are the ones who have really been treated unfairly in this. You know, thrown into slave labor and all these horrible jobs set up by the cartels. Oh, I've got a whole bunch of sympathy for these people, but I don't want them here. That's okay. I can have sympathy for people and not want them here. That's how I feel. Listen, I was sympathetic initially to Jordan Neely, but the truth is he turned into a maniac. And what Daniel Penny did was heroic. This is uh, Kathy Hochul, cut number eight. She needs to make sure these illegals can work. But more than anything, and why we're united here today with business and labor and advocates, and I do want to mention the New York Immigration Coalition is here as well. What an extraordinary job they've been doing. More than anything, we need changes to the work authorization policies that will let these individuals not have to wait months and possibly years for that legal status, but let's get it in an expedited basis. And if you're down on the mayor, Eric Adams... With this whole migrant crisis, I've got audio from not just one, but two politicians who say he's rose up, met the challenges, and done a great job. One of those is the lady you just heard, Wichy Governor Kathy Hochul, giving credit to the mayor, Eric Adams, cut number nine. Over the last many, many months, a year ago, longer than a year ago, the mayor and his team have been asked to do the impossible. But he rose up. He put so much muscle behind the effort to find homes for these individuals any way he could, leaving no stone unturned. And he recognized, you know, now that we have over 70,000 people fleeing difficult, terrifying circumstances. Who cares? Whether it's an oppressive regime in Venezuela, oh, well. economic circumstances, great sure. poverty, yeah, oppression, yeah. gang right. violence. Oh, God. Sounds like the United States. 
have forced people Shut who otherwise up. She makes me absolutely nauseous. But she wasn't the only idiot. one. Idiot. I mean, really, what all those idiot. things she just mentioned, we've got here, too, by the way, Dopey. Dopey Witch. Uh, the mayor of Miami, who uh, I met here in John Katzmatidi's office, handsome guy, charismatic guy. He's actually talked about running for president. Mayor Suarez, he was on Face the Nation on CBS on Sunday with Margaret Brennan, and he gave credit to Mayor Eric Adams. This is the Miami Mayor Suarez, Lewis, cut number 13. I'm actually quite proud of, of Mayor Adams from New York for standing up uh, and talking about how this is impacting the, the, the city of New York. I mean, he has to focus on, on crime reduction. And instead, you know, you see images of police officers helping people in the, the classic Roosevelt Hotel yeah. um, uh, find housing. And so, you know, these officers uh, uh, should be and you'd want them to be focused on, on reducing crime and instead have to deal with this uh, migrant crisis, which, as you've said, uh, should be a federal issue. That gunshot you just heard? That was Curtis Sliwa killing himself in Studio C. I, I hope he saved some bullets for me. <laughs> yeah, you want? Oh, I oh. uh, see. It's De Blasio and her, the two worst. Oh, God, I hate her. Yeah, well, that was Suarez in Miami. Wait, but whatever. But I hate I, her, I, too. I'm just, I'm just ranking them <laughs> yeah. right now. Oh, We've got a big show oh. coming up today. We're going to start at 640. Two different people told me this week to bring this guy on. Jennifer Harrison, our friend from The, the Advocate. NY victim. She told me to bring this guy on. And so did my buddy Tom Biggers, who runs the NYPD running club. Their big 5K was just Sunday. We're going to talk to Dr. Dr. Judge Grasso. Judge Grasso, he's running in Queens against Melinda Katz for the DA's office. Grasso will join us at 6.40. The aforementioned Curtis Sliwa comes your way at 7.05. We'll talk to my main man, entertaining and brilliant, the funny Bo Deedle, coming up at 7.40. My mom, Naomi. Naomi Rosenberg makes her return at 8.10 this morning. Gnome's Nuggets come your way at 8.25. 8.40. He's back from Italy. Famed defense attorney, author Idala E. Jean Carroll wants more money. It is clear at this point her motivation. These lawsuits against Donald Trump. And uh, 905, Fabian Levy and City Hall asked me to do this one. The man who runs the Department of Correction. It's a big deal. Louis Molina makes his debut on Sid and Friends coming up at 905. It's a monster Tuesday show. Your favorite show, Sid and Friends in the morning. Right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Yesterday, dear friend Mike Green, the voice of the Knicks and the voice of the NBA Finals, which is coming up now, 
alongside Mark Jackson and Jeff Van Gundy. The great Mike Breen celebrated a birthday yesterday. And this is this his favorite song, Aqualung by Jethro Tull? I don't know what the song is. We always is. play this. It's just funny that he, he loves Jethro Tull. I know, it's Tull. so weird. There's not anybody I know nobody. that really... Nobody. And he probably doesn't care about them anymore. I mean, he's our age, but... It's just hilarious that it was Jethro. Oh, no. They were huge in the 70s. They were big, yeah. They were big. Well, Breeny had, like, long hair and all that. And I think he was one of those uh, flower children, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I didn't know him back then. Bernie did. In high school, though, I I have friends of mine were like, I got toll tickets. We're going to (laughs) go. Toll tickets. Are you kidding? And that's right there. If you analyze that song, that's really one of the creepier songs I I have. Well, he's a creepy guy, Ian Anderson. Wasn't that his name? Yeah, Ian Anderson. Anyway, happy birthday to uh, the great Mike Breen, Hall of Fame basketball guy. But more importantly, and his wife, Roseanne, Hall of Fame person. So we played the Hoko stuff. Uh, some guy, Isaac Krinsky, sends me emails all the time. You know, you people out there, you send me emails and Instagram messages about politics all the time. And not that I'm not appreciative, but I want you to know that I delete them almost every time and barely ever read them. I mean, I'm the wrong guy for that. I just don't care. I'm sorry, I don't. I do my four-hour show every day, and then I hope to God... Hope to God, the next 20 hours, nobody asks me about politics. Nobody. I used to feel the same way about sports. I'd leave the Astoria Queen Studios at WFAN, and if I saw somebody who recognized me, it was hell. Oh, the match, the match, the giant. Please, please. Can I ask you a question? Let me yeah. just ask you a question. What, uh, what? It's funny you say that. I walked home yesterday. I got over at the Fulton Street. Exit, which I do every day, and I go to the gym on 23rd and Park. And usually I walk through Brookfield Plaza to get home because I've been living here for the winter. Now the weather is nice, so I walk outside from Fulton Street home. And I'm not exaggerating. I swear to God, I thought about you, Lou, the whole time. One block, one block, I got stopped four times. Some guy named Andy Berkowitz, some guy named Joe in a beautiful blue suit, some really pretty Asian lady named Roe funny mike breen's wife's name i got stopped four times on one street you don't want to get stopped by a berkowitz i don't think i know it wasn't david yeah all right but none of these people brought up politics or i mean one guy brought up cuomo he's very disappointed and angry that cuomo's on the station and by the way so am i i love john i love margo and i wouldn't tell him not to do it he owns his station not me and i don't care i really don't but uh, I'm on record saying I think Andrew Cuomo's a lowlife, a murderer, and a piece of garbage. So I don't care what he says. You know, now he has all the answers. In the meantime, he was a guy, the architect of all the problems we've got in the city today, all of them. Frank Morano did a tremendous job yesterday you know, laying out all of them. Besides bail reform and the nursing home stuff, which killed about 18,000 people, this guy was an epping disaster on every level and an obnoxious, smug prick. So Rita can talk uh, till her face turns blue today. I couldn't care less. So that was the one thing the guy said. Otherwise, there was nothing about politics. Nothing. <laughs> the best is they stop. They'll stop you though. And like I, 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 I see you're in a hurry. I know you're you're in a hurry. Yeah. You wait. Right. They, they I, know you're I, in a hurry, and they still talk to you for 15 minutes. Can I just ask? I, yeah. I just want to know what the Yankees are thinking, <laughs> batting him third yeah. instead of second. <laughs> What? I, yeah. I don't get it. Uh, I really don't understand. That's how it goes. So Krinsky sends me something from the blaze where Eric Adams, the mayor, is blaming Republicans. That's me. Republicans 
for the migrant uh, problem. And what's funny is, while he sends me that from the blaze, Adams on TV, on Face the Nation, the same show that he, I guess, blamed Republicans, he took Democrats to task, Eric Adams. This is uh, cut number two. This is on MSNBC, actually. This was not Face the Nation. He did both on Sunday, Face the Nation on CBS and MSNBC. But on MSNBC, he said the Democrats, they make a ticket to the woodshed over this. Cut number two. When I talked about public safety and the overproliferation of guns in our country uh, last year, uh, many people were not listening to the concern of voters. And I'm saying that again. Uh, I will do everything possible to get the president reelected. I've made that clear. Uh, my concern is not politics, it's people. The people who are coming to this country should receive the proper uh, care that they deserve. And the people who are in this country should not be overburdened with the cost that is associated with this. And the people who are workers, uh, many of my civil servants have been spending uh, long hours. They've been on the front line since COVID, and they continue uh, to deal with this issue. So this is not politics for me. This is about people. The people are protected as a police officer. And now I'm serving as the mayor. So he says, on one hand here, the Democrats could take a beating over this. But, yes, he did actually blame the Republicans, too. And I would just say to the mayor, who's going to join me at some point this week, and I will say it to the mayor, I have proof you're wrong. Because there was a Republican president for four years before this loser Biden. Four years of Donald Trump. And we had none of these issues, none, zero. So stop talking about an immigration policy broken because of Republicans. Mr. Trump had the Remain in Mexico policy. Mr. Trump had Title 42. Mr. Trump built hundreds of miles wall. We didn't have this. So how can you possibly blame the Republicans for a broken immigration policy When, in fact, even if that's true, when a Republican was president most recently, we had none of these issues, none of them. It didn't stop the mayor anyway. This is Eric Adams, cut number six. We can do this by direct action by the executive branch of the federal government. Without legislation, we can get this done. Republicans, as we know, have blocked all attempts at fixing our broken immigration system, yeah. intentionally causing chaos really? and dysfunction. Okay. We cannot believe all of a sudden that's going to change with a Republican-controlled uh, Congress. Yeah. Well, anyway, there's Eric Adams, who found a way between Face the Nation and MSNBC to blame the Democrats and the Republicans, and that's what he does. And a lot of his critics say the same thing. Eric, pick a side, baby. We like you. You got heart. You're certainly better than de Blasio. You care more about this city than de Blasio. But until you really pick a side, it's okay to have half the people hate you. That's okay. But when you try to make everybody happy, you make nobody happy. Judge Grasso, Curtis Sliwa, coming up next. Let's, uh, before we get to Joe Nolan, We'll play one of these, the 77 WABC minicast clip of the day. Get the whole story in under 10 New York minutes. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcast and get the max out of mini. Today's minicast is my friend Dominic Carter. Here he talks about 
Jordan Neely. It, it really is uh, simple, folks. Uh, the uncle has all this to say. Well, uncle, Mr. Uncle, where were you when your nephew needed help? Mr. Uncle, where were you when your nephew was living on the streets? Now you got a lot to say. Now you have a lot to say. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. Justin Ellick here with your bottom of the hour sports update. Sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com. Find a dealer near you. They're the world's best built boilers. The Denver Nuggets beat the Los Angeles Lakers 113 to 111 in game four of the Western Conference Finals to complete the sweep of LA and move on into the franchise's first ever NBA Finals appearance. It came back from a huge uh, uh, second half or first half deficit, I guess you could say. Came back in the second half. LeBron James made waves following his squad's elimination from the playoffs, speaking on the possibility of his retirement this offseason following 20 historic NBA seasons, saying he's got, quote, a lot to think about. As for the Nuggets, they'll await the winner of the Heat and Celtics series to see who will tip it off within the finals. Game four of that Eastern Conference final is set for tonight at 8.30 p.m. in Miami with the Heat looking to put away Boston up three games to none. On the ice Don't you bet against Riley or Spolstra, baby. I, that's what, that, you've been saying that for weeks. I have been saying that for weeks. Yeah, well, yeah. I gotcha. I know what's going on. I'm like Dr. T at NJ right. Diet at this point. I've never, Jimmy, never heard this right. before. <laughs> yeah. What about Jimmy Butler who's playing basketball from yeah, a different team? It doesn't matter. Is he a factor? It doesn't matter. Yeah, but Whether they have Alonzo Mourning or Timmy right. Hardaway or Shaq or it, Wade or It's Bosch. all because of old Pat It's all Riley. It's all Riley. did with the Knicks. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. mean, he made people like Anthony Mason a superstar. And no one took, drafted Anthony Mason. And then he took off. And then he took off. Well, he's smart. He went to Miami. Look at the life he's got. <laughs> I love Pat Wiley. He's still one of my guys. Yeah, well, he's the ultimate NBA NBA villain. I, I could, I guess you could say. Or, or the ultimate NBA success. There you go. He went but, from a player to an announcer with the Lakers right, right. to winning all these championships between the Lakers, the Knicks, and the Heat. Okay, he was good. he was widely regarded as a villain putting together yes. that big three. Chris Bosh. Yes, he was. James yes, Dan even Wade. though Dwayne Wade was the guy that actually put it together, mm-hmm. and he went to Riley. Right. Riley was the guy they blamed. Yes. There you go. Anyway, <laughs> onto the ice here. <laughs> In Florida, the Panthers outlasted the Carolina Hurricanes 1-0, one to nothing in Game 3 of the East Final to take a commanding three games to none series lead. As for the West Final, the Vegas Golden Knights and Dallas Stars will meet for Game 3 of that series tonight at 8 p.m. in Dallas. Vegas currently holding a two-games-to-none series lead. And in baseball, both the Mets and Yankees were off yesterday, back in action tonight. The Yanks welcome in the Baltimore Orioles uh, in the Bronx at 7.05 p.m. That'll be uh, Garrett Cole going up against Baltimore's Kyle Bradish. And as for the Mets, they'll get a three-game set on, uh, against the Cubs underway tonight in the Windy City out in Chicago, 7.40 p.m. Eastern Time. First pitch, Kodai Senga versus Chicago's Drew Smiley. Here was sports, sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com. PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best-built boilers, and I'm Justin Alec on 77 WABC. Oi! This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC.
caught on one way streets The taste of bittersweet Love will survive somehow, somewhere Let me tell you about George Grasso. He's a judge, New York City criminal courts in Kings County. Took that back in 2010. Is I guess his uh, current term ends New Year's Eve of 2024. Now, he's a Democrat, Judge Grasso, and he's running against Melinda Katz for Queens DA. The primary is June 27th. And then, of course, if he wins that, the general election is November 7th. He was a, a big-time cop. In fact, between 2002 to 2010, Judge Grasso was the first deputy police commissioner for the NYPD, and the former chief, Joe Esposito, already texted me this morning saying hello to Judge Grasso, who I met, unbeknownst to me, at Joe Murray's house, his annual Christmas party, where he uh, raises money for juvenile diabetes back in December. So here he is running against Melinda Katz this June Judge George Grasso. Judge, good morning. How are you? Well, first of all, thanks for passing the regards from my good friend, Joe Esposito. He's in everybody's prayers, and he's a great, great guy. Yeah, he actually Tuesday. does. Uh, by the way, he starts his chemotherapy on uh, Tuesday. So, Yeah, we, we were basically partners running the PD for eight years together, the 2002 to 2010. I, I have just nothing but tremendous admiration for him, yeah. not only as a police officer, but a great human being. Uh, I just have to mention, I am retired from the bench. I walked away from my position as the administrative judge, Queen Supreme criminal term, August of 22, so I could run for district attorney. Right. Even though I had over two, almost two, over two years on my term, because what's going on with crime in our city and in Queens in particular right now is absolutely abysmal. It's abysmal, and we have to change the equation. And I am a Democrat. And I am running on the Democratic line, but I'm doing something a little different, too, Sid. I'm proud to announce today on your show that my uh, my election attorney will be filing with the Board of Elections, the New York City Board of Elections today, over 10,000 signatures from Republicans, independents and Democrats, where I will be securing an independent public safety line. That's in addition to the spot on the ballot I've already secured as a Democrat. The reason I'm doing this is because I don't, while I'm a registered Democrat, when it comes to public safety, there isn't a secret Democrat handshake. It shouldn't be an ideological issue. We need public safety and criminal justice professionals as district attorneys who are proud of the position of chief law enforcement officer of the county they serve. Melinda Katz is not that person, and I'm giving her a comprehensive challenge. There you have it, folks. Judge Grasso, by the way, Esposito starts radiation on Tuesday. So uh, Curtis, who's going to join me next, I asked him about you a couple of days ago. He knows everybody, him and Frank Morano, and he said, let me tell you about Grasso. This guy's a Democrat, and you may be that common-sense Democrat that John Katsimatidis is always telling me about. You seem to be that guy. But this guy's a Democrat, and all he does is speak at Republican clubs. How's he going to beat Katz? And you told me yesterday the reason why. Share that with my listeners. Yeah, well, yes, I've been to Republican clubs. I've been to two clubs. 
I've been to the Queens Village Club and the Mid-Island Club in Queens. Why? Because they invited me. Democrat clubs, even though I'm running as a Democrat, I sent out an email blast before I went to one Republican club to every Democrat club in Queens requesting that I get the opportunity to come and speak. Only one got back to me. The one who got back to me said, oh, yeah, Judge Grasso, our executive committee already decided to endorse Katz. So I said, that means you're not even going to let me speak? Yeah. So they're just like total shutdown. Well, you know, you talk so about endorsing. When, when you when, wait, hold on, you, you, right? You talk yeah. about endorsing cats, and again, you seem like a common sense Democrat. You certainly seem more like a Republican when it comes to crime issues. That's the same case, I believe, with Holden in Queens, who I happen to like. But Holden goes out and endorses Melinda Katz. Did Holden disappoint you? Well, you know, you know what it is. It isn't like Holden per se. It's the it's the parties on both sides. You know, there's the positions people take in front of the curtain and then behind the curtain. Everybody has these relationships. And you know what? It's not just the Queens Democratic Party. It's the Queens Republican Party as well. So that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to break through all of these transactional relationships. And Melinda Katz, she's the queen of transactional relationships. The model I'm following is more the LaGuardia model. My favorite mayor, Fiorello LaGuardia. People think back on him as a Democrat, but really LaGuardia ran against Tammany Hall, against the Democratic Party, and against the Republican Party. He created a fusion party. And that's what I'm trying to do here. And as far as sounding Republican on on criminal justice issues, when I was the when I was a judge, I, almost 13 years as a judge, it was kind of like Nixon going to China. I was a program judge. I gave people off whether it was youths, whether it was people with opioid addiction, mental health issues. I gave people an opportunity to get their underlying issues treated, assuming assuming they would stop committing crime, they would come to court. And they would accept the programming. And I use the leverage of the court. But what the Democrat state legislature has done over the last several years with so-called bail reform, they've triggered what I call a politically driven crime wave. The leverage of the court, the leverage of the criminal justice system has been destroyed. And I'm calling that honestly. And if Melinda Katz wants to try and some of our cronies or relatives want to try and uh, characterize me as a... Uh, MAGA Republican or something like that, that's bogus. I'm just somebody who has well over 40 years of experience in the criminal justice system from foot cop to administrative judge trying to do what's right for the city of New York. And I say city of New York because the motto of my campaign is New York City's recovery starts in Queens. Because when I win in Queens, and I intend to win in Queens, it will create a political earthquake in this city. And every district attorney in the city will feel that earthquake. We've got to restructure and we've got to reorder our criminal justice system. When we have chief, chief law enforcement officers who don't embrace the term, Melinda's Katz's idea of being a district attorney is doing an occasional bust and putting a lot of guns on the table. Meanwhile, in, for example, in Flushing, over the last two years in the 109, the index crimes are up 100, almost 120%. Robbery's up over 125%. Selling is sold up over 148%. Grand loss in the auto almost 160%. She doesn't talk about that. 
That's ridiculous. That is an abysmal record. We have to get back to quality of life enforcement. And to the extent I have a North Star on this, an ideological North Star on that, you and your listeners would know the name of that person, former police commissioner Bill Braddon. Oh, great. I worked him. with him in the mid-'90s. Love him. I yeah. helped create the first quality of life strategies that are being destroyed and undermined. And we have district attorneys in New York City like Melinda Katz, who refused to acknowledge. You'll never hear her talk about getting quality of life back. And victims, as you, I, I know you mentioned, I'm very proud because I've got endorsements from Valerie Brain and from, Jen, from Madeline Brain and from Jennifer Harrison, two major victim rights advocates. They, they've got the scoop on Melinda Katz and a lot of other district yep. attorneys yep. right now in New York City. They're throwing victims and the rights of victims under the bus. Yep. We have to restore that. Of course, people who are charged in the criminal justice system have rights that need to deserve to be protected. So do victims. And that's what I stand for, Sid. I love it. And you're right. Jennifer Harrison did reach out to me. So did Tom Biggers, who had that great uh, annual NYPD running club 5K race on Sunday. And they both said Grasso's uh, the right guy for the job. About uh, 30 to 60 seconds to go, Judge, uh, for folks that uh, want to get involved, help you out, donate to what they got to do. What's the best place to go? Grasso for queenscom Just go right online. You start Grasso DA, Grasso for Queens. My website comes right up. You can read about my platform. You'll see victims' rights, quality of life, mental health bureau. Nice donate now button. Show me some love with a donation. Melinda's got all of the special interests locked up. She's got all the billionaires locked up. But you know what I have? Over 1,000 individual supporters who have already donated. People from $50 to $500 to $1,000. Jump in. Do what you can. Together we can do this and get our city back. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Sid. You know, you're welcome. But I do have one more thing to ask you in the next 60 seconds. My wife just sent me this. An ex-con on lifetime parole for the rape and murder of a 10-year-old Queens girl was allowed to remain on the streets despite getting arrested again last year. And guess what? He's now been charged with another sexual assault. Charles Rowe was the guy's name. He's 56 years old. He's uh, able to cash in on the state's controversial, quote, less is more act. What the hell is that, Judge? And why is that guy still on the streets? Yeah, yeah, less is more. That's another genius plan out of our New York State legislature, where, where parole violations can't be handled administratively anymore. They all have to go through the court. Do I know that guy's name off the top of my head? No. Do I know about less is more? Yes. Another disaster straight out of Albany. Oh, and by the way, I'm glad you asked me about that. When we talk about the insanity out of Albany, let me say this. What Governor Hochul just did a couple of weeks ago when she said, tried to say she fixed what was going on with the bail reform and how horrible it's been to public safety by adding a least by getting rid of the, the least restrictive mean. And Melinda Cass was at the press conference smiling and waving with some other district attorneys from New York. That was a fraud. It was a fraudulent fix. It was a phony fix, a bogus fix. The only way we fix this is we have to straighten up and we have to make sure that judges in New York City have the right, 
if someone is charged with a crime and they perceive that individual to be a danger and a threat to society, to be able to use that as a mechanism to impose bail and keep them in jail. Melinda Katz says, oh, I'm for that. Then what was she doing at that bogus press conference with Ockel? This is exactly the kind of hypocrisy that I'm running against and punching through. And and I am a Democrat, but the old school kind of Democrat. Right. The Democrat that believes in public safety and right. law and order. Which is what I was, by the way. I grew, up, uh, I grew up in Brooklyn my whole life, a Brooklyn Jew, and I was a Democrat, too. This new Democrat party is beyond disgusting, and you sound like other folks I used to vote for going back years and years ago. Again, he's running against Melinda Katz on June 27th in the primary uh, judge, George so, Judge, excellent, excellent appearance this morning. Go out there, yell and scream, continued success. We'll talk again very soon, buddy. Thank you. Thanks, Sid. I appreciate it. You got it. Judge George Grasso, June 27th, the DA Democrat primary up against one of Curtis's many ex-wives, Melinda Katz. And talking about Curtis, he'll join us next, our number two of the Tuesday edition of Sid and Friends in the Morning. for stopping by. Still a lot to do this morning after Bill O'Reilly's morning message coming up. The always great, tremendous, my dear friend Bo Deedle coming up at 740. My mother, Naomi, makes her return to the show today. She's very upset. There are now illegals up by her in Sullivan County in Liberty. So Naomi's going to uh, yell and scream coming up at 810. Gnomes Nuggets coming up at 825. Fame defense attorney, Arthur Idala, 840. And the commissioner of the Department of Corrections, Louis Molina, will be here making his debut on the program at 9.05. But we put this time aside now four mornings a week because he's great, the listeners love it, and most importantly, I love it. Noon to one every day, weekdays on this station, all weekend long, Curtis Sliwa. Curtis, you're telling me that uh, my buddy Judge Grasso has no chance against your ex-wife in the Queen's DA race. No in the race. Democratic primary. No chance. He's uh, going to run on an independent line. But I loved his line about Melinda Katz, queen of transactional relationships, <laughs> as all my exes were, right? <laughs> Love that line. 
But I didn't touch him. Well, hold on. What is your relationship with her now? I'm just curious. Well, I talk to her because of our sons. Right. You got two boys, right? Right. right. Carter and Hunter, by the way, Hunter preparing for his bar mitzvah. Jewish boy. Very, very proud of him. Will, will the rabbi and the cantor let me stand up at the beamer? I hope not. Well, my checks don't bounce. Hey, rabbi, well, my checks don't bounce. I don't know about that. Yeah, but well, you are not Jewish. Have you converted? Have you? Been... Absolutely not. What do you mean, absolutely not? I'm an AMP Catholic. Ashes <laughs> on Wednesday, palms on Sunday. You don't see me for a month of Sundays. I've had enough of this religious <laughs> stuff, right? <laughs> All they do is take your money. They tell you what to do. Do as I say. But what about what you do? Yeah. Doesn't matter. Catholics, Protestants, Jews, Muslims, right? They're sanctimonious hypocrites, all of them. Hey, who's welcoming all these illegal aliens? Cardinal Dolan, the Archdiocese, Catholic Charities. Come on, come on, come on. And where are they paying for all of this? Federal tax dollars. Not their own money. Federal tax dollars. So this religious stuff, you want to go to the core of the problem? Go right to religion. Right to religion. Oh, yeah. We, we gotta take care of these people. Meantime, they're running scams on the border. Asylum, asylum. Haven't been in Venezuela in seven years. What do you think about the governor and the mayor yelling and screaming about work authorizations? They claim if these people work, they'll be less of a burden, like you just talked about, on the taxpayers. And they say, and look, it's not like these Americans living here now are taking these jobs anyway. Any credence to that? Oh, yeah, really. And then the moment all of a sudden they're taking away jobs from those that are earning the minimum wage that, that they've been jacking up, they'll be screaming, hey, you got to pay more, you got to pay more. They are chasing business the hell out of here. Look at all the empty retail space. All you got to do, the only growing business in New York City is weed shops, weed, yeah. illegal weed shops. True. And they don't need the illegals to sell it. All they need is one guy from Yemen behind the counter because they run the bodegas. They go to the landlord. They say, hey, you got the empty space on the corner. Let's make a side deal. This is my side hustle. Illegal weed, month-to-month lease, cash only. And that's how the business is being done here in New York. Well, you've nailed all the potential spots, all of them, much to the dismay of people like Joe Borelli and Joanne Ariola. And the rumors are that there are some very nice parts, Westchester, uh, up where Bill and Hillary Clinton live, where Justin Ellick actually grew up. Uh, what is the name of that area again, that lovely area? Oh, Chappaqua. Chappaqua. <laughs> Is there any truth to the rumors that these rich people may be next? Oh, uh, well, the county executive, Latimer, is the only one who has said, we welcome the illegals. Have them come in. Now, has he asked the people that are paying huge taxes and beautiful homes from Larchmont to Chappaqua if well, they feel the same way? Well, they're only going into Yonkers, right there in Tuckahoe Road, right? They're only scouting locations in White Plains and New Rochelle. But they haven't scouted locations in Chappaqua, Mamaroneck, and over in Armand. Get ready. Curtis Lee was going to be scouting those locations to bring all these illegal aliens that your county executive, George Latimer, wants and put them right on your doorsteps. What do you mean Curtis Sliwa is going to be scouting all these locations? Of course, because nobody else is doing that. And by the way, your peeps in Scarsdale, because we know that that it's like little Jerusalem, right? Did they even let Gentiles in there? It's like the reverse no. prejudice. Yeah. Remember, yeah. Jews would try to move into Westchester. <laughs> they would say, you're Juden. You can't move in here. On our deed, it says Jews not allowed. <laughs> yeah. It must say Gentiles not allowed in Scarsdale. <laughs> That's like the second richest community in America. Well, we work hard.
Guess who's going to be there tonight? Scouting locations for illegal aliens. That's right, George Latimer, right there in White Plains, right in your office. You want illegals? <laughs> you got We're going to bring them all to you. You are uh, pissing off every county executive, uh, every council person across this city, and I have to tell you, it's it, it arouses me. I find it to be so oh, hot. How aroused are you? Very. Although, uh, am I a form of uh, Viagra on two <laughs> legs for you? But you are. All kidding aside, that's why I keep adding days. I yeah, think but you always like to pat my ass on my way out. I'm worried about I you. Your, your own ass crew ass has looked. Yes, yes. Your own crew. Well, now, it's hard. you got a hard ass. Let, but... me talk, let me talk about another spot. Uh-oh. It used to be the stomping grounds to home. Oh. Of Andrew Evilides Cuomo, King Cuomo II, the son of Mario Faccia Bruta Cuomo, King Cuomo I. He's listening right now on our FM affiliate, oh, WLIR. For sure. Behind the compound of Fredo, Chris Cuomo, and his wartime consigliere, Joe Pococo, just sprung from jail. He's stirring the marinara sauce. He's hitting the mattresses in the Hamptons. He's listening. Hey, Andrew, I'm going to give you a salute. Andrew, ascend me. Tu siu provino sfaccino. And like your father, Mario, you are. We have been told that this is going to be the no-holes-bar interview. Hey, Andrew, you got in the baddest box first time. You know who he reminded me of? And this is going to hurt you right down to the marrow of your bone. Well, and why would, you, why gonna... would you hurt me? You know I can't stand Cuomo. Oh, you and I are Let good me take friends. you back to 2014. Uh, I, yep. All of a sudden with Shea Stadium. Yeah. You had your guy in the baddest parts. Met fans would say oh, Carlos let me stop, Beltran. Let me stop I'll tell you exactly. Carlos Beltran That's right. struck out looking against the St. Louis Cardinals in the NLCS by Wainwright. Very good. Adam Wainwright. Wainwright. Remember, it was strike one, strike two was 0-2. Yep. Yes. And that's what Cuomo has been here. He By the whipped. way, Cliff Floyd also struck out right before him after that amazing catch out in the outfield yeah, in the seventh yeah, but inning. Let's face so it, that was your guy, Carlos Beltran. So right now you're comparing Carlos Beltran whipping on three pitches to Governor Andrew nope. Cuomo's last radio. And I didn't even swing. That's right. Caught looking to Andrew Cuomo's last exactly. radio appearance. He's been here twice before. He has said nothing. Yeah. He has not apologized. Not one. By the way, not only has he been here twice before and not apologized, but he had the opportunity to go on with the show that triples, triples, this is true, Curtis, I know it sounds douchey, but you could take the other two or three shows you like in this genre, add them up, add them up, they still don't beat me. I, against my better judgment, gave him the opportunity, had a call with Andrew Cuomo, and he pussied out an hour later. Totally, totally, and let me tell you something, Sid, he should have gotten into the uh, the ring with you. If he is going... In fact, you started off by saying it's a no-apology store. You don't apologize. Trump doesn't apologize. Cuomo has never apologized. And you mentioned a whole slew of issues. Let me give you two. And I got the cuts if Rita wants them. America was never that great. Remember when he said that? He did say that. America, he did say I, that. I will give that to Rita. Play it for him. And then... I, I think that was for Donald Trump, because Trump was saying we're going to make America great again, and this idiot Cuomo said, well, it was never great before. Exactly. Let no. him explain that. Then also, ICE are thugs. I, in the what? debate with Malinaro in 2018, the only debate he gave him running for governor, he said it twice. ICE are thugs. ICE is protecting us. They're keeping all these bad hombres out. They're risking their life. They put on bulletproof vests. Every day they go out to get MS-13, 18th Street, the narco-terrorists, the sex traffickers, the drug dealers, ICE. 
And, and yet, what did he call ICE? A bunch of thugs. He said, we'll sue them. We'll sue them. Now you wonder why we have problems all along the border. And by the way, who was the first person to endorse Joe Biden when he was running for president? Andrew Evilized Cuomo. You are responsible for this mess, even, even after all Donald Trump did for Andrew, he tried to help him. He sent the warship here, you may remember, to try to stop Andrew from killing patients, sending them into deadly nursing home. He actually sent the warship here. Despite what Cuomo contends that Trump hurt us, Trump did not hurt us. He had, a wide way, open, he had also had a wide-open Jacob Javits Center. Didn't use that either, the let me, let me remind you of another thing. Remember he was calling, I need ventilators! I need 40,000 ventilators! You know where the ventilators were that New York State had? In a warehouse in New Jersey! You know why? Because years before, when they gave Andrew Cuomo the opportunity to get more ventilators, now he never could have predicted Cuomo, but I understand that. But he said no. He said no. Then he bitch you on enough ventilators. And as it turned out, we had plenty. And, and this is the worst thing. He does a podcast that nobody listens to. <laughs> it's, it, it is the worst part. His father did a nationally syndicated radio show in the old WABC. They put him on on Saturdays. They gave him 140 stations to start. The guy would give speeches. And then he would say one thing he didn't necessarily. He thought, boy, that may come back to haunt me. He'd spend the next 20 minutes explaining it. It was the absolute worst talk radio program. They knocked him out of the box. They said, Cuomo, you will never make it in talk radio. And let me tell you something, Andrew Cuomo. If you... If you are considering running again, don't come on WABC because our listeners ain't going to take no bull feathers. You got to be direct. You got to speak from your gut. You can't speak from some kind of a political comeback sheet. And by the way, Sid, he has a producer of his podcast who comes on the Frank Morano show and wipes a six in stiletto heels on me. She disparages me. She says what I do is not good radio. I can't even tell you the other thing she does. What is her name? Say her name. Marlena Schiavo. That wench. <laughs> she comes in our house and wipes the six-inch stiletto heels on us. Well, Andrew Cuomo, I'm going to be listening. You and Rita today, four to five. We've been told it's no holds barred. But I have a feeling, just like Carlos Beltran, you're going to be walking out of the batter's box. And we're going to all say, go back to the Hamptons, go to the compound, stir the marinara sauce, hit the mattresses, and do us a favor. Get the hell out of this world, because you are a stain on us, a disgracia, a shunner. You don't apologize today. I don't want to ever hear your name again. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC.
show already today. Judge Grasso, Curtis Lewis. He's so good. He's covered all the major stories. You know, Tim Scott announced yesterday he's running for president. And Tim Scott, I don't know him by all accounts. I just saw Peter King's post. He knows him. By all accounts, Tim Scott is a terrific guy. And when I see Tim Scott on television, I get that. I mean, to be honest, he kind of bores me. That's just me. And I do think, even though most folks won't admit it, for some reason we have this fascination with black people that are conservatives. If you don't admit that, then you're just lying. You're just lying. So, like, Tim Scott is like, wow, that's a black guy from South Carolina. He's got, he's a Republican. Wow. If Tim Scott was white, no one would pay attention to him. Nobody. Can we admit that? I know you're laughing, Lou, because it's am, I, am I wrong? It's pretty true. Right? A black guy, conservative, oh, my <laughs> God. We're, like, fascinated by it. It's like, it's like a monkey staring at a clock. Like, wow. Look yeah. at that. <laughs> Woo, it goes around. Yeah. A unicorn. He's a smart guy. He's had a solid political career in South Carolina. He's got no chance. I mean, zero chance. Stop telling me, oh, Barack Obama, no one knows. Shut up. God, stop. He's got no chance. Nothing. But uh, he did speak yesterday and announced he's running, and he's a nice guy, so I guess we'll play it. Which one of these you want me to play here? Uh, Play this one, Tim Scott, number 17, I'm running for president. I have lived that the closest thing to magic in America is a good education. But today, the far left has us retreating away from excellence in schools. Extreme liberals are letting big labor bosses trap millions of kids in failing schools. They're replacing education with indoctrination. They spent covid locking kids out of the classroom, and now they're locking kids out of their futures. And in Biden's America, crime is on the rise and law enforcement is in retreat. The far left is ending cash bails. They're demonizing, demoralizing, and defunding the police. I grew up in neighborhoods alongside people who ended up incarcerated or in the seminary, cemetery, not seminary, Seminary, too, but cemetery as well. (laughs) We needed more public safety, not less. We cannot have innocent people at risk, police officers getting ambushed and attacked, and seniors locked in their homes from the time the sun goes down until the sun comes up. Joe Biden and the radical left are attacking every single rung of the ladder that helped me climb. And that's why I'm announcing today. Uh Uh-oh, get ready. That I am running what? for president oh, come on. of the United States Fantastic. of America. Yeah, Tim Scott. So, you know, the uh, the White House, thank you, Lewis, the White House is freaking out, the far left. The far left, I should say, they're freaking out because they don't want a black guy running as a Republican. I mean, we, how many days removed are we from the NAACP, that joke? All these organizations, CDC, WHO, NAACP, they're all jokes. They're all garbage. It's tools for the left. All of them. The teachers union. But um, the NAACP came out a couple of days ago and said black people and gays shouldn't go to Florida. Let me tell you who can't wait to go to Florida more than anybody, black people and gays. 
was a smart, <laughs> smart. Anybody with half a brain knows, and I lived there for 16 years. I'm just here because of this job. Florida's a much nicer place to live than New York. It's just, it just is. But I love it here, and I can't do what I do here in Miami, Boca, or any place there. But um, the far left is freaking out that Scott is running, and he said did say something nice yesterday. Here's a black man who, unlike the black people on the left, the Al Sharptons of the world, who tell you every day what a racist country we live in. We're all racist. Daniel Penny woke up that morning. He couldn't wait to find a black guy on the subway. You douchebag. Everybody on the left, every African-American person on the left, we're all racist. Joy Reid, Don Lemon. Oh, the list goes on and on. Here's a guy on the right, black man, Tim Scott, who says, you know what? And he's right. We're not a racist country. And of course we're not. Not even close. Are there instances? Sure, 100%. Those three rednecks who killed that poor black man jogging in Georgia last year. And guess what? They're all in prison forever. They didn't get away with it. The cop in Minneapolis who killed George Floyd, even though Floyd was a scumbag, didn't deserve to die, he's in prison forever, basically. Not a racist country. I don't even care. I don't even I don't even realize I don't doesn't matter to me. And most Americans are like me and Tim Scott. Tim Scott Lewis, cut number twenty two. For those of you who wonder if America is a racist country. Take a look at how people come together. All of God's people come together. Black ones and white ones and red ones and brown ones working together because love, unconditional love, binds hearts together. We are not defined by the color of our skin. We are defined by the content of our character and if anyone tells you anything different, they're a lion. You know, my friend Ralph Napolitano, Ann and Tony's there on Arthur Avenue. He makes a good point. He said, Sid, I agree. He's got no chance. No chance. But, but, may not be a bad idea for Trump to consider him as his VP choice, being that Tim Scott is African-American. And even though Donald Trump did very, very well, with African-Americans, the last race, he can certainly afford to do a little better. Just a thought. All right, we got um, who's coming up next? The great one, Bo Deedle, my man. WABC. 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. He spent the better part of two decades distinguishing himself as one of the greatest cops in the history of New York City. Gone on to become an unbelievable actor in the movies 
films like The Irishman, Wolf of Wall Street, and Goodfellas, TV shows like Gravesend, coming out in July, season two, Godfather of Harlem. And I must tell you, he does a tremendous, I mean a must-listen-to podcast here at WABC, the True Crime Podcast, every week. And most importantly, the most loyal and dearest friend I've ever had, and Bernard for that matter, he is our buddy Bo Deedle. Bo, good Tuesday morning, pal. How are you? Hey, Sid. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. You know, I realized one thing. We're going to have a new slogan for John to use. WABC, the beacon of freedom. Because you know what? What we're able to do and what we're able to say, you know, I don't take this for granted. I've been doing radio longer than you, believe it or not, over 40-something years, starting back in 1985. And nowhere, no place, not I miss, nowhere, are you able to tell the truth and tell what's going on. And what a great thing to have you speak about every issue, Sid, and not be afraid to get thrown off the air. God knows if we were <laughs> if we were at I miss, you and I would have been thrown off the, uh, off the air. <laughs> well, I was there many say, times when he told you to get the hell off the air. But, well, um, yeah, yeah. And then and, and he threw I, – I, no, I left uh, ten times. I threw my uh, microphone – I threw my earphones off and said, stick it. But, okay, let's get to real important issues because that's what I enjoy doing. You know, we all talk about this congestion pricing. They want to implement it. They want to do this. What is the real serious problem in New York City? The serious problem was the advent of this uh, bus lanes with these bike lanes. Now you have a truck double parks. There's no lane. There's no lane. Right now there's something going on in Brooklyn. And, uh, you know, I know the people over there in Brooklyn. It's a great Polish community. And all of a sudden now they want to start uh, uh, putting through on McGinnis Boulevard in Brooklyn. They, without even asking the people, the public input, all they want to do is they want to run bike lanes through there. And they, the government does exactly what they want, the city government. They wouldn't ask the people, the business people, the residents there. Uh, what do you have to say about it? They're trying to shove it down their throats. Mm. There's over 200 local small businesses that are opposing this, but nobody's listening. And this is, I'm speaking out to my mayor, Eric Adams, please, please. These are people who are going to be laid off there. People are leaving New York. 500,000 left in the last, uh, uh, last nine months or whatever the heck it was. This is part of it. And, you know, a lot of these families that depend on small businesses and residents there, these are people that need to have their say. Where is the problem? Are we communists, Sid? Are we communists? The government does what they want. We see it in the Justice Department, the FBI used for political advantages. Where are we going? And even Ray Kelly, the great commissioner who was on my uh, True Crime podcast, said this is the biggest threat to America is when you take – the justice system, and you politicize it, and take the FBI and politicize it. Where do you go for justice, Sid? Where do you go for justice? These are all great questions, and you could add the CIA to that. You could add, really, as I mentioned before, government agencies. A lot of these agencies that we've come to rely on over the years have really turned out to be nothing more than just arms of a political bias, and it is scary. You're right. You're right. You know, and I, I bring this issue out uh, over there at McGinnis Boulevard because this is three boroughs that come into that area over there. 
And if, if we're going to start screwing all that traffic flow in there, then all of a sudden traffic's going to back up. Then your unhealthy air comes out. Nobody even looked at anything of what the uh, what what is going to happen from this and people losing their jobs. This is something. I think to, uh, Thursday morning I'm going to jump over there and I'm going to be standing uh, oh, shoulders to the, all the small businesses good. over there because in reality, why don't we have input in this why doesn't the local residents and the business community have are we all commies now speaking of commies we know what's going on when this insanity with the immigration housing food education jobs what about what about we got 70,000 now in new york state what about the people who are trying to make the ends meet for food on it on their table, but we're just throwing it out there. I say America first. Fine, we'll take care of these people, but we got to take care of the Americans first. If we're spending five billion dollars on these people, we could take that five billion dollars and help people buy food for their children. Make sure the education's there. What are we doing? We're going out of our minds here. And I got a little bone to pick with my friend Curtis because he was mentioning about my friend over there in Nassau County. He was mentioning about my friend uh, Bruce Blakeman. Yeah. And he was saying about the immigrants. There's no immigrants in Nassau County. Bruce, Bruce Blakeman has stepped down, put his foot down, and say, you're not coming to Nassau County. And that's one of the things that I have to stand by, Bruce Blakeman. He's a good man. He's dealing with this thing, and he says, no way. And this is what every community has to do, say no way. And it's just it's just disgusting. By the way, if you say no way, then people like Kathy Hochul, our mutual friend, the mayor, Eric Adams, yeah. and a plethora of Democrats call you a racist. They say you don't care about other people. By the way, and I'm saying that to you in jest because I don't want them here. If it makes me that Fine, call me that. I don't care. God bless him. I wish him well. I don't want him here. I don't want him. You know, I mean, I mean, the racist comment. Uh, we all, we all, saw, we all saw that come out with that Marine hero Daniel Penny. And you know what? He was really right to what he did. He made that. Uh, he made that interview with the New York Post, and he said right out, "This has nothing to do with race." He said this has to do with a broken system, and we all know about the mentally ill, violent people that are running around this city, and your predecessor there, Big Bird de Blasio, hasn't done a friggin' thing, and then all of a sudden you get you get all these people standing up a violent how about dealing with the real problem, the problem of the mentally ill, violent people? Well, we tried. Around. I mean, you mentioned Bill de Blasio. His wife had $1.5 billion for the Thrive Program. If, in fact, she used that money on that program, then somebody like Jordan Neely, for example, never would have been on the train that day. So we tried, but they stole or got rid of all the money. They stole it. Yeah, and I, yeah, I mean, where is the investigation from Letitia James? I guess because – I guess because – his wife is black. You can't do an investigation. I guess. Maybe, maybe, yes. maybe I'm making a statement here. Well, why aren't we investigating? Over a billion dollars disappeared. Why aren't we investigating? Then you get that. Not that I'm on a roll here. Adam Schiff, that lying scumbag. <laughs> Let me say, I have all the evidence on Donald Trump with the Russian collusion. Yeah. Where is it, you ugly punk? Now this lying scumbag has been exposed by the Durham report. And guess what he's doing? He's running, he wants to run from for senator. Please, I'd please, like, please. and I'll say it publicly. I'd like to punch him. Oh, right me too. In the face. Me too. I, we'll, we'll, do, we'll do. We'll do. We'll, we'll do to him what the guys did in Goodfellas to uh, Billy Bats. <laughs> <laughs> 
maybe maybe that'd be too good. And then all the, all, you know, and then all of a sudden, did you know that a Bud Light? You know, I'm not a beer drinker. I like my uh, my vodkas and all that. But all of a sudden, they lost. $110 million in sales. Even Budweiser and Michelob, they're all going down. The only ones that are up are Coors Light and the Mondello. They saw the Mexican beer, whatever. And you know what? You know why they're going down? How dare them bring that disgusting Transformer, Dylan Mulaney. Right, I'm calling it disgusting, that Transformer. She makes me sick. You know what she should sell? Rat poison. Maybe do a commercial for rat poison because you're disgusting. <laughs> That's how I really. How do you really feel? Yeah, I know. Hey, listen, she's uh, she uh, single handedly destroyed. They weren't doing well anyway, but uh, destroyed that company. What do you think about? Uh, you brought up Donald Trump and you brought up yeah. Adam Schiff. So you know, of course, uh, our dear friend Joseph Takapina did a great job yeah. on that Eugene Carroll trial. And the truth is, the truth is. He won because all she claimed happened was rape, and uh, that jury said there was no rape. Then they found some other bogus conviction just to get this girl a couple of bucks. Now she comes out, and you know most rape victims, they want this stuff to go away. They want it to go away. He calls her a whack job on CNN, which she is, and now she wants more money. I mean, is it not clear what this lady was after from the very, very beginning? Listen to me. It's, it's very obvious. It was all about the money. And in reality, she was thrilled. You know, at that time, 35 years ago, uh, Donald was a very nice-looking man. He was powerful. And you want to know something? There was a lot of women that threw themselves at him because of his power and all that. And when you dig up, when you have nothing else to do, that brag, you got nothing else to do but go after Donald Trump. But 35 years ago, in, in, a, in a dressing room, I'm sure he must have probably tried to, or she probably tried to kiss Donald. And that was the extent of the, how are you telling me all of a sudden you're going to take your penis out and bang somebody in the dressing room? That's a tough one. That's a tough one. And, then, and even the jury said that's a tough one. And reality right now, why are we wasting our time when we got these murderers all over there? And Judge Grasso, I listened to him and listen to me, Judge, I really respect you and like you, but there's no way you can run and win as a Democrat, Judge. You should just stay on a Republican line and do what you got to do, because we remember what happened to me when I tried to switch my party line and run for mayor, because I tell you what, Judge Grasso, the Board of Elections is in the pocket of these liberal Democrats. They control everything. I will guarantee you all those signatures you got, they're going to knock them. This is how they run it. This is how they run it. Why was Big Bird's general counsel, when I sued the Board of Elections, when I sued the New York to stay on the line, why was his general counsel in the in the Supreme Court, the appellate court, Court of Appeals? No one has an explanation. This city is so frigging corrupt from the top down. And in reality, we got to break away. All I know is one thing. I'm happy. I'm happy about fat Gail King. You know, she believes that fake story, uh, Prince Shock Therapy, uh, Harry. Well, yeah, no, well you got to put in the proper context. She has her job and her whole life because of her dear friend Oprah Winfrey, and nobody sucks the royals' asses more than Oprah Winfrey. That's where Gail King is coming from. Well, and, and in reality, I mean, the facts are there, and it was it was exposed that it was all a big freaking right. lie. Right. And you want to know something, but everybody just wants to jump on the bandwagon. I've had enough 
of Meghan Markle. What is she, the princess of California? <laughs> I don't even know what the hell. She doesn't even know what she is. And thank God they threw her out of the royal family. I mean, how negative. She should kiss the butt of of the of the king that they even allowed her in there, man. That that was it. But here, really fast, you're going to have the correction officer, head of the correction officer. I'm going to have the commissioner of the DOC, Louis Molina, make his debut on this show, Bo Deedle. Yes, coming up at 9.05. Good man, and I got a, I got a request. One of your officers there uh, 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 lost it, and he was working in the, as a CO. And then one of the inmates threw urine in his face. Right. So you know what he did? He, he did the he same did thing. And he went back and he threw urine back. Right. I think he should get a medal. I don't think you should prosecute him or or, or or even even say he did something wrong. If you want to throw urine in my face. What is wrong with me peeing in a can and throwing it back? Uh, listen, I, I agree with you. I guess they expect their COs to be morally bigger than a criminal. I don't know. But I will tell you Hello. that Frank Morano told me the same thing at 5 o'clock this morning. Why is that guy in trouble? So you guys agree on this, and so do I. And I'm going to bring that up, by the way, with Molina coming up at 9.05. But there's only one good thing happening in the city. I'm really excited. Uh, that little worm, that little punk, thank you for your service, uh, Max. Thank you for your service, and uh, you're a veteran. Thank you for your service. But you're a little punk. You're a little punk. All of a sudden, now you're a consultant. <laughs> you're a consultant. Maybe you'll go into the consultant for the real estate owners to give out their slum buildings that nobody would even go into. But you make a deal, make a deal, and then we could put those illegal immigrants, stuff them in there. I heard that they don't even have cheap on half the bed. <laughs> I'm telling you something, I know. Wow. Are you talk, you're talking about Max Rose, right, Bo Deal? Yeah, Max, Max, the little punk Rose. Yeah. yeah. Uh, thank God Nicole Maliotakis kicks his ass every time he tries to run against her. Bo Deedle, I love you. Another amazing appearance, whether it's Tuesday at 740 or live in Studio 905 every Thursday morning. Bo, you are the voice of New York. New York and loves remember, you and I love you. And remember, don't forget Greenpoint Brooklyn, please. Help him out. Help the man out. He talked to you about that whole story, all these small businesses in Brooklyn that uh, could be gone, and that ain't right. Always going to be there on Thursday morning. I'm sure I'll have more for me the next couple of days. Keep you updated on the latest with that. Another amazing appearance by Bo Deedle. Still to come, my mom, Naomi, famed defense attorney, Arthur Idala, and the DOC commissioner, Louis Molina. Two exciting hours about to come your way. Sid and friends in the morning. 77 WABC. that Jesse Waters promo. I'm back on Jesse Waters' primetime show, which gets over 2.5 million viewers 
At this point, Jesse and the Five are the big guns on Fox News. And uh, Jesse, good friend of mine, invites me on regularly. And I'm back on Jesse Waters' show next Friday, June the 2nd. Next Friday, Sid and Jesse back together on Fox News. This song, uh, My Little Town, by Simon and Garfunkel, works great for my next guest. She lives up in Kanyanga Lake when she's not sunbathing in Aventura. Kanyanga Lake is a very little town. Splits it with White Lake about six miles outside of Monticello. And uh, she's my mom, who I love a lot, Naomi. And you folks love her, too, so she's back this morning. Good morning, Mom. Good morning, Sydney Ferris Rosenberg. I am berserk. I am berserk. <laughs> what's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? You may like this, this, this mayor, but he's a piece of dirt. How dare he send 100 of these people into my beautiful little house? Well, hold on, Mom, 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 hold on. But, but the mayor, he's my friend. I mean, no, he's, no, Mom, no. What? I'm here. Well, the mayor is my, my friend, and you just said a horrible thing about him. I don't care. Oh, okay. Don't you understand? I don't no. care. No. No, I don't care because he ruined me. Yeah. He ruined where I live, Sidney Ferris. He ruined where I live. I'm in this house 44 and a half years. I never locked my door. And now I'm afraid to walk, put my garbage out after dark. They worry about the beers and the, and the deer. You've got to worry about 100 of these people. We don't know who they are or where they come from, or why they're here, except they're in my hamlet. They're in my safe, beautiful place. They don't belong here. Let him take them in his house and in his backyard. <laughs> I don't want them here. I, 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 I think you're right. They should go to Gracie now, Mansion. And, now, and no. now, wait, let me finish. And now he, this Adams, this New York City mayor, punk that he is, <laughs> him and his governor, hopeless Hochul, this, these two beasts, they want to give these people jobs? Get them the hell out of the, out of New York. Get them out of our place. We don't want them here. What jobs? We got Americans who are waiting for jobs. Not these people. Are you kidding me? I am berserk, Sydney. I am. I can't tell, Mom. I happen to agree with you. I, I know you listen to me every morning, and I keep saying, I don't want him here. Call me a racist. Call me what you want. I don't care. I've been called worse. I don't want him here right. either. No, but, but as me far too. as I know, Mom, they're not in White Lake Homes. They're in Liberty, which is not exactly matter, Sydney. too Sydney, close. Listen, yeah. listen to me for a minute. They traveled hundreds and thousands, millions of miles point. from where they came from to get to us, to get to the United States, to get to us. Yeah, good point. Now we're like less than 10 miles. They could do this in a heartbeat. They could be in my backyard in two minutes, Sydney. These people travel hundreds of thousands of miles. You're talking they have to travel six, seven miles to where I live from Sullivan County to college. This is no trip for them. They could do this in a heartbeat in two minutes. I'm repeating myself. They're right here in my backyard. They have to be in his house, in his backyard, Mayor Adams. Not in my backyard. But don't we need somebody to uh, run uh, pool calisthenics and, you know, introduce the acts at the shows on Saturday night? Yes, absolutely, Americans. Americans. Americans, people who want jobs and need jobs. Not these foreigners, not these immigrants. We, We don't Now, they're putting them in Rikers Island? Good. Good, yeah. good. They're putting a whole bunch in now in Rikers Island. 
That's a good thing. Yeah. That's a good thing. We don't know. Maybe some of them are wonderful people, but they don't. But, my, but, my, but, but didn't your yeah. family, didn't uh, the name um, um, well, the man I'm named after, God rest his soul, or Grandpa Sidney, your father, uh, didn't he come from some other country? Didn't Daddy's family come 1, from other country? One thousand percent, they right. came from England. Yeah. England, they came from, but they were here legally. Legally, and they were legally, right. legally. I have all kinds of papers that I got from your grandfather's, uh, it, from his where he came from. Yeah. All kinds of legal papers that stated who was coming, their names, and when. Not anything like this. And there weren't millions, six million of them in, in one minute. Six million migrants in a minute they they sent here. Yeah. For what reason? For what reason when we don't have work for our own people? Are, they, are you kidding me? This is what this creature in the White House wants? <laughs> this creature wants all these people here so he could get votes? So he could get more Democrat votes? Are you kidding me? They gotta kill this animal that's in that. Oh, no, 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 you can't answer somebody to kill the president, Mom. You just can't. <laughs> He's not my president. Okay. He's a creature. He's a creature that was brought in here. He's not my president. My president is waiting to get back in the White House. My president, no. gorgeous Donald J. Trump, is getting no. back in. Well, there. how about this? Uh, how about this Hopefully. lady? How about this lady who you knew from the beginning was lying? Who gets raped? You know, God, God forbid somebody that happens. Who gets raped? Doesn't remember the day or the year when it happened. Then this uh, idiot Democrat jury gives this lady five million dollars, which she'll never see, and now she wants more money because he called her a whack job on CNN. This mom is what we call our generation a gold digger. Yes. Of course, she's she's just in it for the money. She knew right away what was going to happen. She knew that because of all this publicity about. Trump, about our President Trump, she knew that she was going to get a deal with this, that they were going to try to, like, screw him up and bring him up. But it didn't work that way anyway, Sydney, because she didn't get nothing. She got nothing. She's waiting for her $5 billion. She better, she should hold her breath till that money comes to her, because she's not getting it. She's a piece of garbage, a piece of dirt. She's a just out for the money That's and right. she don't care who she hurts and and poor my poor president trump he got mixed up in something that he didn't deserve and he had no part of anyway he, he don't need her he's a gorgeous talented brilliant man he could get any woman in the world he don't need her he any woman in the world him, but he don't need her well he couldn't have gotten you when daddy was alive no, no, no. Well, but now, 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 now if he showed up at Kanyanga Lake, now it would be a, a long night of fun for the president, yes? Well, I mean, I would greet him with open arms. <laughs> I'm sure you would. Mom. Uh, yes, I would. Y- yes, you would, yes. Uh, Mom, uh, have you thought about, now that you're up there uh, in Kanyanga Lake and these uh, illegals, uh, as you say, are less than 10 miles away, and I mean this, have you thought about getting a gun? You know what? Years ago when Daddy was still alive, our friend, we have a friend here who does have a gun and who does, you know, legally. And he was going to really take me and and think about doing this. And I I just put it off and put it off. But now I'm really serious about looking about this because it wouldn't take me one half a second to blow one of these animals away. Let me tell you that. I wouldn't even have to think twice. When I hear somebody at my downstairs or my doors there 
or somebody at my windows here. It wouldn't take me half a second to blow them right away. Let them put me in jail. Let them. What do you care? What do you care at this point? What are you kidding me? What are you nuts? This is is terrible with this with this creature in the White House. What he's doing to all of us. This is unfair. It's not right. And we're all paying the price for him. You know, you when spend. When uh, we get him out of there? Well, when can so, we get so, him out of there? But you spend all this time, you know, even as a little boy, there was, you know, daddy and you. We almost moved to Florida. I remember that. We even looked to uh, schools like Pinecrest for me and Lizzie. And, you know, you bought the place yeah, in DeSoto yes, Park. And yes, we spent yes. half the year down there. I went to Miami, the whole thing. And, uh, and then we went to, you know, Hallandale and bought the condominium. Now you live in Aventura. Yeah. So you spend all this time in Florida. You must have. Some love for Ron DeSantis. No, it's all Trump. All Trump. Yes. No, no, no. I I want Trump. Listen, he's young, DeSantis. I think he's bright. I think he did a wonderful job in Florida. Wonderful as governor. I really do. But with that said, I think that he has time. He's young. He can come around next time around. But for 2024, we have to get Donald J. Trump back in the White House. I'm talking about No matter what. That's what I'm talking about. You know what I'm thinking, Mom, is that uh, your neighbors up there, and I'm talking specifically to Beth Shamow and these other people who put. No, no, but but here's a good idea. I know, but they put signs on their lawn how, you know, they're not racist. I have signs too. But 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 here's my idea. They can really prove, instead of putting a sign on your law, on your lawn, which is just pandering and nonsense. All those people up there, including my sister, who uh, who love the Democrats, why don't they have some of the illegals move into their house? Move them in. That's right. Tell Lori not to come up. Right. Move Tell Lori not to come up. They're here anyway now. Yeah. They're moving a stone's throw away. Move them the friggin' to your house right. if you love them so much. There you go, no. Mom. Bring them All in. All talk, no action. All talk, no action. I talk, but I act. Oh no! All talk, no action. They don't want him in their house. Of no, not. put him six miles away from me, where I can't walk out. I mean, it gets dark. I don't even put my garbage out now. I wouldn't even put my freaking garbage pail out now <laughs> because I don't want to walk out of my house. Well, just ask Albert to do it. He does everything else for you anyway. What? No, uh... no, I, I can't. I don't want to use people, Sydney. No. I'm here. I'm living in this house. They're not going to push me out. No, they're I not. Tell you that. Yeah. They're not going to push me if out. What, of my if you had a, let me repeat. So if if, if you had a gun and one of these people showed up, you, what, what did you say, Mom? What would happen? I blow him right away, <laughs> Sydney Ferris. I'm telling you, I would not even think I would stop for a moment. I blow him right away. And with that said, I'm begging all my listeners and your all listeners. your listeners right. and all the Americans get out and vote Trump. Get out and vote. Please don't just talk. Talk about action. No, all words, no action. I'm begging. Well, you have to talk. You have to talk to your dear friend who loves you. I know you love him, too. Bo Deedle and Peter King. These guys are not going to vote for Trump. No, they have to vote for Trump. They have to. I'm begging them. Please, I'm begging you. Please vote Trump. Please, everybody. If you want to... You want to survive this country to survive? Vote Trump. You must do this. This is important. It's our last hope in this world for this United States of America to come back to where we were in 2016. Charlie Marino loves you. Charlie. Yeah, Charlie Marino out of Howard Beach. He loves you. Uh, so, so last one, Mom. Do you still have that really, really big Trump banner no, with us? His- I told you it tore. I need another 
one. Get in touch with the people. I don't know where to well, go. They, well, these are your listeners. Tell them to meet you at Benji and Jake's or, the, or uh, I don't know, Bernie's. Is that come still open? Come to my house. Come to my house. You can give them my address on, on the telephone after I hang up. Are you Not nuts? Sure. If I do that, you'll have 15,000 illegals there, Mom, over the weekend. No, that's why I can't give it to you on the now on oh. the on the radio. Not I on the radio, right? Now, sure. no. Yeah. But if they call you personally and you know who they are, you yeah. you will know. So that. you you want another life size Trump banner to hang in A front of the house? Life size Trump to hang right across my whole front of my house. Yeah. The whole front. <laughs> I need that. Yeah. I need that. But the people and walk I'm by. The, the, all the listeners who yeah. listen to Sydney Ferris, please get out there and vote. vote. Yeah. We can't do anything unless we talk and we don't act. Get out and vote. I'm begging all of you. You don't care that when people walk by the house, our house, mom, me, you, daddy, all of us, uh, they walk by, they see the big Trump banner, and they literally give you the middle finger. Yes. Yes. I love it. I love it. Sidney Ferris, I love it when they come by. (laughs) And they all stop and they point and they point. And I'm in the window loving it, loving every minute of it. Well, this may have been your greatest performance ever, Mom. I must say, this is me. this is probably your greatest performance ever. I, I'm sorry I missed you on Sunday at Lila's party. Congratulations to Heather and Harris and all that, and Aunt Barbara, yeah. of course. I heard it was a lovely affair, but I love you to pieces. I really do. And, I love you more. I yes. love you and, and my Danielle and my children, my Ava and my Gabriel. I love with all my strength and all my love in my heart. I love all of you. And we love you, too. And you have other commitments, that I understand that. Yeah, we but love you, that too. that said, yeah. I'm begging everybody, more important than anything at this point in time, please, it's getting closer, you know. The minutes, the hours, the days, they run away. All of a sudden, you turn around, and it's 2024. Get out and vote. I'm begging all of you, please get out and vote Trump, 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 President Trump. And with that said, get this mayor to get the hell out of there and get somebody who will get rid of these migrants that are two minutes away from me, that I can't walk out of my house. All right. Let me see what I can do. Who's a dirtbag? This mayor asked what he did to me, (laughs) what he did to me in my home. Well, After almost 45 years, what he did well, to did, me but in my you, did, did, you said the same thing about Barack Obama with uh, with Daddy and the Obamacare. You said the same well, thing. Well, that Mom. was the truth, wasn't it? Oh, my goodness. Well, wasn't that the truth? Yeah. You think that I changed my mind about him? That punk that he did to Daddy's business? What he did to us in the medical business? Yeah. What he did in the health and medical business, he should drop on his head with his $20 million palace. With his $20 million palace. He should drop on his head what he did. I can't can't stand his wife, too. I can't stand Michelle. Anyway, I love you. We have to run now, but um, you were so great. All right. I'll be back on again with more information about these punks that we got to deal with. And most of all, get rid of that. Reach you in the White House. All right. Get rid of him okay. somehow. All right. I love you. I love you. everybody. Yes, we Have love a you. good day. God watch. All right, Mom. Okay. Here's my mommy, Naomi Rosenberg. And um, she gets emotional. She tends to get, um, she cares. Let's leave it at that. She she cares. It's passionate. <laughs>
77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Boy, the way Glenn Miller played. Songs that made the hit parade. Guys like us, we had it made. Those were the days. And you knew where you were then. Girls were girls and men were men. Mister, we could use a man like Raymond Hoover again. Didn't need no welfare states. Everybody pulled his weight. G.R. Old LaSalle ran great. Those were the I can't even respond to the thousands of messages I just received. I swear to God, DM Instagram at Rosenberg.Sydney. That's my Instagram if you want to follow it, at Rosenberg.Sydney, Sid Rosenberg, Facebook, who loved my mother. This was uh, an all-timer from Naomi. Uh, and yes, she may very well be Carol O'Connor with a vagina. My mom. A big show tomorrow before we get to know him laden here. Tomorrow we're going to talk to uh, Peter King. He's great every Wednesday. Frank Morano, Curtis Sliwa, Alan Dershowitz, the lovely Dr. Nicole Sapphire, and Craig Carton. WFAN will join us at 940. He's got his uh, annual softball game where they raise money for the Joseph Lemp Foundation. He's invited me to play with him and Evan. Craig will join us at 940. On today's show, still lots to do, including famed defense attorney Audie Idala back from Italy. He'll join me in about uh, 10 minutes, and then we'll talk to the commissioner of the Department of Corrections, making his debut on this show, thanks to Fabian Levy. We'll talk to Lou Molina. But it is time for some Gnomes Nuggets. Know me, what's going on? You know, next time you have your mother on, can you move my nugget section so it's not right after hers? It's a hard act to follow. <laughs> I mean, kind of so, like Ray Handley after Bill Parcells, you know, good luck. <laughs> right, so I was listening very closely. First of all, I love that she basically tells you to shut up, yeah. and you listen. I do. She said, because at one point she said, I'm not finished. Right. And she interrupted you, and normally, if it was anybody else, you would push back and say, this is my show. Right. But you did not. Well, it's not my show. According to her, it's her listeners. <laughs> right, my mom's exactly. show. Yeah. So uh, I, she said, Obama is a punk. Uh, Mayor Adams is a dirtbag. Okay. If an illegal shows up at her house, she will blow them away. Okay. And then she uh, just, because that wasn't enough, she said someone needs to kill the president. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's no way she said all of that in she 12 did. minutes. She did. I was writing it down because I was like, I can't believe I was laughing hysterically. <laughs> well, so, what are you going to do? Go arrest her? She couldn't well, kill less. She's 88 years yeah. old. She'll yell and scream. And, and by the way, the person that goes to arrest her, unless it's a Democrat, they'll love her. You kidding me? Well, that was an, uh, an epic appearance. It really was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got today, Bob? Yeah, well, pales in comparison. But, um, <laughs> so there's this new survey that came out where they talked to 6,000 uh, couples who had just gotten married. And they uh, surveyed them about what they did at their bachelor parties. Now, oh. I, don't, I don't remember. What did you do at your bachelor party? Well, it was actually a point of contention. It was bad. I, oh, we, no. We went to Stringfellows, which at the time was right there with scores as the hottest strip club in the city. And uh, I got uh, pretty whacked. Ended up getting <laughs> in a fist fight with my brother-in-law, Harry. Oh, okay. and, and it got so bad that night, I swear to God, that my dad was considering calling off the wedding. And what's funny is my wife wanted a bachelorette party, and I said no. 
because I was one of those really, like, jealous and horrible guys. I really was. So she ended up taking her girlfriends out for dinner at a restaurant in Bay Ridge. It was called Ario's. It was a great place. And she had dinner, and I went to a strip club and partied like a maniac till, like, 7 in the morning. But it was not a very good night for me. I can tell you that. Well, you, but you did not cheat on her, and that's what no, this... No, no, no. Yeah, this survey finds 70% of couples admitted in the survey to doing something that their spouse or soon-to-be spouse would have yeah. considered cheating, right? Yeah. So some of Well, the, how about Mario Lopez? That son of a bitch yeah. cheated on his honeymoon. Yeah, he did. And he was married to that beautiful Allie Landry. Yeah. You may remember her years of ago course. during the Super Bowl commercials eating Tostitos out of the washing machine in the dryer. He cheated on the honeymoon. Yeah. But, yeah, this is a bachelor night. Right, go ahead. But he's at a whole different level. Yes, he is. Yeah. So, yeah. so uh, some of it was pretty tame. Like, you, I imagine maybe you got a lap dance that night. Um, I did get at least one of those. Yeah, Many, okay. Of so some people, most couples said, okay, 33% of couples said, yeah, they got a lap dance. They did not consider that cheating. Right. But 21% of the people involved in the survey said they did make out with somebody there. That's cheating. Yeah, I think that's you, you cheating know, You know what's well. funny about that? Chris Rock... In his uh, latest Netflix special, he goes, you know, I'm rich, I'm famous. He goes, I'll pick up a beautiful girl tonight, and I'm going to lick her, blah, 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 which, um, Otushi. And he goes, and I may never call that girl again, but if you see me tomorrow walking down the street holding some girl's hand, I ain't never leaving that girl. (laughs) So it's kind of the same thing, right? I mean, you get a lap dance, you're all over each other, so what? But if you kiss somebody, yeah. then odds are there's emotion involved in that. Right. Something and, like holding somebody's hand. Yeah, and 21%. I mean, that's a pretty high number. Yeah. And then, uh, it oh, goes, Bill Clinton says getting oral is not that cheating. That is true. He did say that. <laughs> what a great president. Uh, there was 11. I wonder what your mother has to say about him. <laughs> of the people involved in the survey admitted to sleeping with someone at the bachelor party. Now, back in the day, right, when people threw these bachelor parties, it was supposed to be your last hurrah, right? So it wasn't seen a big deal that if you jumped into the sack with somebody. Well, they they almost, the, the, the idea was early on to do that and get it out of your system. Yeah. Like that one night's going to be okay for the next 50 years. That's what I'm going to do. What? <laughs> yeah. what? 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 So I, there... I can't even tell you what Justin just told me. I don't even Come want on. to know. Okay. I don't you even tell us. What did you All do? All right, tell us. He, fine. He, he, he turned to me like, what? What? Did, don't say making out. Did he say making out? That's not cheating. That's not cheating. Is that what you said? Uh, it's so cheating. It's unbelievable. There's a lot of emotion involved said, with yeah. that. Most guys don't even want to make out with girls. They're like, go right to this. Yeah, no, that's true. You kiss yeah. the girl, you make out, there's a little emotion going there's on. There's a lot of emotion. Something happens. Justin, does. He's, a, he's just a filthy animal. He, he is, has no, he is. There's no moral compass yeah. within him at all. And tell your mother, no, I haven't told Sal Esposito that she knows him yet. <laughs> When did I, what? Your mother, Adina? Yeah? Yeah, she keeps asking me if I told Sal from Il Cortil. What do you mean she keeps asking you? And, and how is she asking you anything? And anything? Like, how? Does she how does she? How does she get in contact with you? Well, clearly I'm not lying, right? I mean, she says she knows Sal Esposito. I'm not from... surprised. I just, yeah. I, I'm, I'm appalled. Yeah. Appalled at the idea. Is that cheating? That she's yeah. personally reaching out to you. Is that cheating? Uh, that's kind of an emotional thing if I you're so texting too. back and forth yeah. with your mom. Yeah, yeah. I think it is too. I have to go make a phone call. Yeah. 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 I'm sorry. This is, un- this is un- unacceptable. I can't condone Just tell I the just, answer is no. I, I haven't told Sal yet. Right, yeah, I, yeah, no. I can't condone this kind of thing. Oh, your mom to stop texting me. So this is why my dad got a motorcycle. Did he really? Yeah. Yeah, he did. 
funny. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> what the heck is going on? I don't know. Well, there's, so we did talk to a sex therapist to decide if you could get through this, right? If, if 60 or 70% of people are cheating at their bachelor party in one form or another, whether it be uh, making out, uh, 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 having a lap dance, right. or even going as far as, um, you Anal. know. What? Yes. No. He was going as far as <laughs> yeah. that. Mike's is that, can you get through it? And he said, yeah, he said, if most couples talk it out, you can get through it. Some people get through it without going for assistance. And, you know, for those people, it's just a matter of time. And I think that people will get through it just with the passage of time. But they won't necessarily uh, recover uh, fully. In, in terms of being able to move on, move on to other healthy relationships. Yeah, it screws you up for the next relationship Forever. if there is yeah. another one. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That is a great report. That was uh, some of the most laughs you'll ever hear on a morning show <laughs> since, I don't even know who, maybe Howard on K-Rock, maybe. Great job, Noam. Thank you. Excellent work. All right, we're going to talk to Arthur Idala, the commissioner of the DOC. Molina, he's going to make his debut here. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Through songs, Badlands. Audie Idala was just in Italy. And I think he saw Bruce in Rome last week. We'll find out. Been a great show already. Judge Grasso was terrific. Curtis Sliwa, Bo Deedle. My mother, Naomi, easily her best appearance ever. And then, of course, Noam Nuggets, still to come at 9.05, making his debut on the program. The Commissioner of the Department of Corrections. That'll be uh, something something new. Lou Molina will join us. But here he is, famed defense attorney, dear friend, just back from Italy, Audie Idala. Audie, you did see Springsteen in Rome last Thursday, is that right? No, 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 like 48 hours ago. Oh! Up, brother? First of all, you remember when you used to go on IMAS, he used to ask you for your five favorite songs? Yes. Well, Badlands was one of my five. Is that and right? Then, did he take it down? I mean, Sydney, we should be... He should be our, our model for physical ability at 73, 74 years old. I mean, this guy just rocked. We saw him, I saw him Thursday night with Takapina in a tiny town of called Ferrara. And then I saw him Sunday night with my buddies from the DA's office, college, law school, whatever, in Rome. And I don't even know where he gets the physical strength to, uh, you know, it, this is not a, folks have to understand, this is not like a concert where you like sit and you're like listening to a song and bouncing your head back and forth. There are no seats. <laughs> there were no seats. Yeah. 
Thursday yeah. night at Ferrara and Sunday in the road. There were no seats. It was uh, they, like they didn't exist. Mm. Uh, not that anyone was like, you're just up and dancing. And one of my law partners who didn't come on the trip, she said to me, you've now seen Bruce four times in eight weeks. Like, aren't you bored? I go, no, it's like going, it's not like going to a concert. It's like going to a party. Oh, my God. I, I saw him. Is so yeah. I saw him. having so much fun. I saw him four consecutive nights during the Born in the USA tour. And back then, and you're right, he's still in phenomenal shape. His body looks great. Back then, he would hit the stage at 8 o'clock at night. And 1 o'clock in the morning, he'd be doing Jersey Girl. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, Bruce. Now, he is phenomenal. I'm glad you had a good time. Anything else you want to mention you from your Italy trip? You know, who was, you know who was there when, because uh, I got the tickets through through his, his attorney, um, Alan Grubman, so we had insane, like, location. We were with Chris Rock, Woody Harrelson. Wow. But they, like, they were a couple of rows, like, I don't know, like humans behind us. Uh, I read in the newspaper, Sting was there. I mean, it was, you know, Rome is Rome. And, and you know, I, I, America is the greatest country in the world. And that's why people are killing themselves literally to come here. But in terms of vacation, in terms of holiday, Italy is just the yeah. best. Yeah, no, it's great. It is a great country. To yeah. to great country. You drink. The people yeah. are nice. Yeah. You walk around. You're looking at the Coliseum. You realize how young and tiny America is when you think, oh, my God, 2,000 years ago. 2,000 years ago, this is where people hung out. And we look at something, it's like, wow, this is 200 years old. It's really old. It's just, it's, true. It, it's a joke. But I'm happy to be back in my country. And I'm going to go on a limb here. And this is, I know, is a big risk. It could get me banned from, from the show. The only thing that I am publicly going to disagree with your mom about regarding these migrants yeah. is when she said there's all these Americans mm-hmm. that want these jobs. Yeah. And the truth is, Sid, go into any restaurant, whether it's in Bay Ridge, Diker Heights, Manhattan, or Queens. Look at the waiters. Look at the busboys. Look at even the bartenders. There's no Americans. They can't find Americans to work. Go look. I'm Suffolk County where I own a house. My landscaper has his wife, his wife, spreading grass seed. I saw her through the ring doorbell. I go, Ben, who's this woman on my property? He goes, that's my wife. I go, your wife? He goes, I can't find anybody to work. No, I got to tell you, I agree with you. Uh, Although, if I was uh, illegal, I still wouldn't show up in front of her house because she said, I quote, (laughs) I'll blow them away. But you're right. No, you're right. You know, the the folks do, in fact, uh, come here and they want to work. And lots of Americans are very happy taking a check and watching cartoons and, and not going to work. So I agree with you on that. You know, you left this town and there was no verdict in the Daniel Penny case, you've come back, there's still no verdict. Now, the Democrats, while you're away, they really demonized Penny. I mean, in a big way. In fact, AOC called out Ron DeSantis because DeSantis called him a good Samaritan. I took it a step further. I think he's a hero, and I still feel that way. But uh, AOC and Al Sharpton, oh, he should read the Bible, DeSantis, for calling him a good Samaritan. Still, still no verdict. I know Thomas Kennett remains as optimistic as ever. What are your thoughts? Well, I think what happened is this. I think uh, Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan DA, who, um, although people say you know, he's a smart guy, he went to Harvard, he's a nice guy, obviously from the political point of view and how to handle that office politically, he did a horrible job his first year. I think he's learning a little bit. And I think what he did was he said, okay, let me arrest the guy and calm down all of these protests. And then let me let things simmer down. 
So I don't think – so the case right now is going into the grand jury, and that the grand jury technically doesn't give you a verdict. They give you whether they're indicting or they're not indicting. We call it in our world, if they don't indict, a blowout. Did you get a grand jury blowout? That's what you want as a defense attorney. It's what you never want as a prosecutor, except there are times. Like I remember back in the day when there was a cop shooting, and it was, it was a questionable call. Should they charge or they shouldn't charge? They would put the case into the grand jury, and the prosecutor would do a light presentation, and the grand jurors would say, okay, there's not enough here. We're not going to indict. The case is over. So now the DA pleased everyone. I put some evidence in front of a jury, and they said we're not going to go forward. It's in the 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 uh, decision is in the 23 grand jurors' hands, who are just citizens who get pulled for jury duty, as opposed to one elected official. So maybe, maybe in the light most favorable to to Alvin Bragg, maybe he said, if I charge the guy and he didn't overcharge him with man two, could have overcharged him with man one, so he charged him with a very low count. Let me let everyone calm down, let uh, the reverend say his stuff, let AOC say his stuff, and maybe in a month from now, we'll put the case to the grand jury. They have six months to present the case to the grand jury. Right. We'll present it to the grand jury, and let's see what they do. $2.5 million have poured in to the uh, defense account, which is an insane amount of money. God bless. I don't think Tom Kniff is going to put all that in his pocket. They've already said they're going to give a hunk of that to charity. Um, but it shows you what the, how the public feels. In other words, Sid, you're not in a unique position saying you think the guy's a hero. Obviously, people are writing out big checks to support yep, him. Of course. So if the yep. DA and the grand jurors are listening to how the public feels about this, they have a shot in the grand jury of getting a what's called a no-true bill, a blowout, where the grand jurors say, no, we don't think there's enough here to charge him with manslaughter in the second degree. So we shall see. Um, you know, it's really up to the district attorney and how they present the case. I could tell you there were veteran ADAs in that office who they would never charge Penny. They would say, you know, or if they did, they would charge him with something very, very low. The no. lowest thing is what's called criminally negligent homicide. You offer him a felony and probation, and he's done. Right. That's what they should have done. But you're right. I, I think uh, the way you laid it out, and, of course, that's why you're a great defense attorney right at the very top of the list, Arthur Idala. I think you've laid it out perfectly. I think Kniff will join me tomorrow. So we get you today, I believe, Kniff tomorrow, your man Alan Dershowitz is on tomorrow, and Joseph Takapina, who returns to the States tomorrow, is on with me on Friday. But he got a phone call from President Trump because it turns out E. Jean Carroll really showed her true colors. I mean, if you were dumb enough to believe that a woman who claims she got raped couldn't tell you the day or the year. I'm sorry. Something traumatic like that happens, a death, even something good happens. You remember the year. Forget about the date, the year. It was clear this was nonsense from the beginning. The jury didn't even buy it. They gave him that second charge because they had to screw Trump in some way. And that $5 million fine. And you would think she'd be like, good, I want this to go away. It was such a painful moment. She showed her true colors yesterday. Now, because he called her a whack job on CNN, now she wants more money. If that doesn't tell you E. Jean Carroll is full of it, I don't know what does, Artie. Well, I mean, when you talk about the timing of things, Sid, because I totally agree with you, and I was listening at the, when I was there for the summations, you at least remember, if not the, the, the year, like, was it before Christmas or after Christmas? Was it before my birthday or after my birthday. You know, those are the, I mean, we do this with kids 
when I was in the DA's office and they had to remember, okay, when did this happen? Well, think about your birthday. Did it happen before your birthday or after your birthday? She couldn't give any specifics whatsoever. Wow. I think more than the money, though, Sydney. I think, and I see this on, on a regular basis, it's the attention. She wants, she yes. doesn't want to lose the limelight. Yes. This was someone who she was a famous person. She could go into restaurants and get accommodated, et cetera. And that's, that all disappeared. And now she's back in the spotlight. But every day that goes by, away from that verdict, when she was a superstar, she's, the spotlight is dimming. So now she has another opportunity Thank to right. bring the spotlight back on yep. her. Yep. And here she is. She knows, and her lawyers know, that money, one of those two people, God forgive me, will be deceased before that money comes <laughs> to play. Okay? Yeah. I mean, she's 80, he's almost 80, you know, whatever. It'll take a eight, nine, ten years to get through the system after all the appeals, et cetera. This is all about, in my opinion, she wants to be relevant. Yeah. And a very smart, very smart older man who I was very friend with, friendly with, he passed away. I said to him, I'll never forget, Dr. George Weinberg. I said, doctor, what's the toughest part of getting old? And he didn't hesitate. Becoming less relevant. Your phone rings less. You get less dinner invitations. You get less to go to parties. And he goes, that, that's the hardest part. Wow. And that's what's happening yeah. with this woman. She's, she's losing her relevancy. So Trump said something. And, okay, let's bring it back to light. And it's, it's really meaningless because, as we all know, this thing's going to be appealed and then appealed and then appealed again and reappealed. And, you know, Trump, does, Trump, doesn't, <laughs> Trump doesn't write those checks too quickly. That I can tell you. So, But I will tell you, Takapina is going to be in good shape because – Whatever stress and anxiety he had inside of him, boy, did he blow it off in Ferrara. You had a good time. <laughs> we had it. We, we had it. And he, you know, that you know, he's he runs the soccer team in that little town. Yeah. So he's like a little celebrity. We take it all. Yeah. He's taking selfies with everybody. That's awesome. We had a very, very, very good time. And he sent me pictures uh, with Theo, his grandson. Just adorable yeah. pictures. Great looking little baby. So I'm glad Did you're you back. Real quick, tell me about the fight with your brother-in-law now. What happened? Oh, yeah, no, it was okay. It was just one night. You know, you have a little too much to drink back then, and uh, and you get crazy. I'm sure you've done that with family members or or uh, friends or never. You never got in a well, fight I never, with... I never, uh, I'm not a fighter, you know. I'm, I'm a oh, lover. wait a second. You never went to Hobnails or Wavelands or... Yeah, but I didn't throw any punches. I went to all Oh, no, I didn't places. throw punches I either. I'm not, I'm not like that either. Are oh. you crazy? No, come well, on. I heard you say you had a fight with your brother-in-law. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, come on. I'm not like that either. I'm, I'm a lot of talk. You know that. Now, if I have to, of course, Arthur, Arthur I can kill a man with my bare hands, but... Uh, thank God it's never uh, happened to me yet, but it could. Well, keep, well, keep it that way. And I'm glad your wife had a nice meal at Ario's. Right <laughs> yes, she did. Where I used to live. While you're out there, you know, hobnobbing all over the place. Well, did, didn't, you know the, did you know yeah. the, didn't you know the owner of Ario's way of back course, when? Robert, of course. Everybody knows Robert. Robert, that's right. Yes, yes, yes. And Reno, and Reno now opened the place in Florida. It's a small world after all. We all know that, Sydney. It's, uh, well, Reno, Brooklyn. is Reno the guy that was on the Real Houses of New Jersey? Yes, correct. Okay, yes, yeah, yeah. He's a little annoying bastard. Hey, I love you. <laughs> God, he's annoying. I'm glad you're back. I missed you. You do uh, You do great radio, Arthur. You really do, and, and we'll do it again in a couple of days. Thank you so much. All right, buddy, boys. Be still. Thank you. Welcome home. Artie Idala. Got them all this week. Artie Dersh and Tack. Coming up next, making his debut on Sid and Friends in the morning, the commissioner of the Department of Corrections. Lou Molina will join me next.
is sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman will, in fact, join me next. He just texted me on that casino gnome. Bruce Blakeman coming up next. Tony Marino, dear friend of mine out of Howard Beach. His sister passed away, his beautiful sister, which I did announce on the air. They even announced where they're going to have the funeral and the mass. And over 300 people showed up for him and his sister. And he wants to thank the listeners. Lots of you showed up for Charlie Marino, so thank you for that. That's absolutely beautiful. My next guest is making his debut on Sid and Friends in the Morning. He is the commissioner of the DOC. That's a big deal, Department of Corrections. Been there for about, uh, I don't know, 18 months, maybe a little less. And uh, really doing a terrific job. Not easy to get him. you got to go through Fabian Levy, then Frank Dwyer. But eventually... Lou Molina ends up on the show. <laughs> so, Lou, good morning, buddy. How are you? Good morning, Sid. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you. And um, let's start with this uh, before we start to really detail where things have drastically improved. And they have. First of all, somebody asked me this morning, if you get Lou on the phone, ask him about the reality of some of these migrants in uh, at Rikers Island. What is that reality? Yeah, so we don't have any um, migrants on Rikers Island. Um, what the mayor has, has said, which I think shows a responsibility in governance, is that every department needs to do an assessment of its, of its infrastructure assets to see what may or may not be made available to be able to temporarily emergency house um, the migrants that have come to the city, which I think numbers over 65,000 to date. Do you have an opinion one way or the other? Because for me, Lewis, uh, I got to tell you, I'd much rather see the migrants on Rikers Island than, oh, I don't know, my neighborhood in Bell Harbor. So uh, do you have an opinion on this? Um, I don't have an opinion on it. I think it was a responsible thing that the mayor did in asking every department head to assess his assets. And I think like everything else, New York City is a tough city. We have a really sharp and tough mayor. And I think it was a responsible thing to do to figure out what, physical structures make logical sense to be able to temporarily house um, the, the migrants that are coming into the city. I want to, uh, I guess, throw my support, uh, Lou Molina, at one of your guys, and I'm interested to hear what you're going to say. I know you know the name. His name is Mazinski Marullis. This was in the paper a couple of days ago in the New York Post, 39 years old, and he was escorting some of the inmates, and he felt the liquid on the back of his neck, and it turned out that one of the inmates threw urine on him. And uh, he responded in kind, and he actually did the same thing. My feeling is you're going to tell me that my guys need to be morally superior to the inmates. But the truth is that for uh, guys from Brooklyn like me, we kind of like it. <laughs> what uh, What's going to happen with this guy? I would hope he's not going to get into big trouble, is he? Well, listen, it's a disciplinary process that we have here. And I think for correction officers or any law enforcement officer, it's a profession. And we have to be professional. And, and as you may know, I was a uniformed cop. Um, there's a lot of unpleasant things that, unfortunately, law enforcement officers um, engage with. But we have to be professional. And obviously, we have a higher level of standard, given the responsibility that we have 
in yielding public service um, to the city. But I think what that incident, which happened in 2019, I think is just emblematic of the prize administration's really just mismanagement, failed leadership, and really just intentional dismantling of our city's criminal justice system. They allowed, whether it was misconduct on behalf of those that are in custody, or on, on occasion if it was misconduct on behalf of staff that didn't meet the standards of performance, to just go unaddressed far too long. And I've talked about it publicly that when I got here, I inherited a disciplinary backlog of almost 4,000 cases going back to 2017 that went unaddressed. But in addition to that, we had detainees that were committing acts of violence, criminal violence, in the majority against other detainees on other occasions to staff, and that also went unaddressed too. So we addressed discipline in a timely and meaningful manner, but we've also worked with the Bronx DA's office to rearrest detainees that commit um, criminal acts of violence in the jail system, which is the appropriate thing to do. I'm glad you brought that up because uh, Mr. Adams, the mayor, receives a lot of criticism, and I think sometimes deservedly so, but he also receives some compliments, and deservedly so. I don't know anybody who compliments Bill de Blasio, Commissioner Molina. I really don't. And uh, the way he treated police, and you are a former cop, like you talked about what happened inside your jail facilities, uh, really no excuse for that. So it is fair to say at the very least, even if you're critical of Mayor Adams, that when it comes to police, when it comes to jail facilities, he's doing a much exponentially better job than Bill de Blasio, yes? Oh, absolutely. I mean, what we have done here has been no short of remarkable, considering where we were in January of 2022, when this jail system for this city was on the brink of collapse. We reduced staff absenteeism by 70% of where it was. And and just to kind of give you a sense of that, uh, on any given day in January, we had about 2,600 people on any given day that might have been out sick, whether that's new sick or they've been out sick for a, a number of weeks. And that number has been in the 400 as of late. Um, we have embarked on an organizational health strategy to support staff. That did not exist for a very long time. But with that, with our staff responding to the support, slashings and stabbings fiscal year-to-date have been down approximately 20%. Wow. Calendar year-to-date, they're down 35%. Um, you know, we're producing individuals for court at a success rate of 95%. So we have significantly stabilized the city's jail system to be able to not only do reform, but evolve it so that we have a humane and just jail system in this city. This is Commissioner Lou Molina. He's the commissioner of the uh, DOC. It's nice to talk to you, pal. It really is. Thank you. How many uh, jails do you oversee in New York? So we have six facilities um, on the island itself. We also have the barge that's located in the Bronx at seven. We have our, our, our court um, system so there's every court in every borough, and we have a hospital prison ward in Bellevue. That's a lot. What, what are your thoughts? You know, when uh, folks are yelling and screaming about closing down Rikers, which I think is a horrible idea. In fact, I would I would have more prisoners and migrants and a whole bunch of folks and even homeless people. I would send them all to Rikers. There's a lot of acreage there you guys aren't using, and you can use it for all three: homeless, migrants, criminals. But when people argue to close down Rikers, they want to build jails. In residential communities, I couldn't think of a worse idea. What is your thoughts on that? Yeah, so the local law has passed, right? So I'm a law enforcement officer. I have to have to follow the law, and, and basically the law states that in August of 2027, Rikers Island proper cannot be used for detainee jail operations anymore, 
and that we were to have moved to this borough-based jail plan. So it is over. August of 2027, Rikers is closed. Nothing can change that. There's nothing anybody can do. Well, yeah, I mean, the city council has the power to sort of to sort of deal with that issue. And what we've been trying to help um, elected officials understand is that we currently have over 6,000 persons in custody within our city's jail system. And that may sound like a lot, but what I want to also point out is that for a large American city, we have the lowest per capita incarceration rate, I think, in America, which is something to be proud of. Um, in addition to that, the Brobish jail plan calls for about 3,300 capacity to be, hold, be able to hold individuals. Today, we are at 6,000. And if, the, if nothing changes in the adjudication process of our court system, then by July of next year, we forecast that we'll be at 7,000, which is obviously significantly more than the 3,300. And if we, in order to meet that capacity need, are just going to arbitrarily deinstitutionalize those that are justice involved arbitrarily, it's going to be a disaster. We did this with the mentally ill in the mid-60s, as you know, yep. and we have never recovered from that. And we still today don't have enough bandwidth within our public health system to deal with those that need inpatient mental health treatment. Fair to say, then, fair to assume, Commissioner, that uh, you're not happy that they're closing Rikers in 2027. Listen, I think it's, you know, we have, an, we have city council members that, that made a decision, a prior mayor that signed that into law. I think the responsible thing for me to do as commissioner is really help the elected officials understand the reality yeah. that was going yeah. to hit us in 2027 right. if we don't address a lot of these issues, either mental illness or the, the capacity of our jail system moving into the future. And you talked about some of the things that are going well, Commissioner, and they are. Absenteeism being down, the slashings and the stabbings being down, disciplinary backlog in the trials division has been tackled and reduced, court production now at 95%, clean and orderly intake facilities. And uh, I know that uh, just last Friday, for example, Commissioner, uh, you guys graduated a brand-new class of recruits, and a new recruitment campaign is underway to hire even more CEOs so congratulations uh, to those folks. I mean, I'm always worried, Commissioner Lou, that uh, folks are not going to want to be cops anymore or CEOs anymore because of the demonization of police, which occurs regularly from both politicians and people living in New York. And quite frankly, they're not treated well enough. I mean, uh, congratulations to Mayor Adams on getting the cops a raise, but 55000 give me a break. So I'm always worried that uh, people are going to stop wanting to do these jobs but it seems to me, Commissioner, that they still do, and that's good news. Absolutely. I mean, listen, I think being a law enforcement officer, whether we're talking about being a correction officer, an NYPD officer, a, a deputy within the New York City sheriffs, these are callings, right? And when I became a police officer, it was because it was a calling for me not only to want to be a public servant, to, to, but to be someone who contributes to the change and a public safety of, my, of the communities and the many communities that I represented growing up as a kid in the Bronx. We have hundreds of people that want to be correction officers. We are improving the work-life balance of correction officers every day. Uh, we've started training using the, the state-of-the-art facility at the NYPD with this last class that just graduated. We'll be doing that moving forward until we get our own self-standing correction academy. And it is a very tough, but very rewarding profession that has really helped economically escalate thousands of New Yorkers into the middle class, um, which obviously improves from generation to generation, as you know, as we have helped establish families in these careers. 
So it is a wonderful career. And I tell people, be the part of the change that you want to be. And we have hundreds of people that we're vetting for our next class. So I'm excited about that, which starts in about July. I will tell you that I've spoken now. I've had the fortunate opportunity, because you know I'm friendly with the mayor, to speak to uh, certainly Commissioner Shul, the police department. She's a very, very impressive lady. You, Lou, you're a very impressive guy, very impressive. Oh, thank you. Uh, you're welcome. And I've spoken to the Sanitation, uh, you know, person as well. She's a, uh, a wonderful lady, Tish. And uh, it seems to me that uh, the mayor, Eric Adams, has put some some really solid people in uh, in places of, of leadership, leadership, including you. I think you'd agree that you're surrounded here. This is the good news, unlike de Blasio. At the very least, while the city is far from perfect, it seems like he's got the right people in leadership positions, yes? Oh, Mayor Adams has assembled a stellar, amazing group of people, forward thinkers, and I think the most important thing that not only the mayor does, but with the team that he has assembled, is we are action-oriented. We don't wait for things to happen. We're always thinking about what could happen. We're addressing not only issues on a day-to-day basis to improve this city, but we are strategically thinking long-term of what can we do now that will pay dividends in the future. So being forward-thinking and action-oriented and having a high level of emotional intelligence, which is what the mayor always talks about, is what is helping the city move forward. If only we can get some help from the governor and uh, Stuart Cousins and Heasty and all of our friends, Lou, up there in Albany, maybe this city could be great again. But uh, at the very least, you're doing your part. I appreciate you coming on today. It has been a great six months for you and the Department of Corrections. I wish you continued success and come back whenever you want, pal. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sid. Have a good day. You too, pal. Take care. There he is, the commissioner of the Department of Corrections. And he really is doing a terrific job, Louis Molina. The number, as always, is 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. We will take a short break. Still lots more to do. It's been an unbelievable Tuesday show. And the guest list, the rest of the week, gets even better, including the aforementioned mayor. Keep it right here. It's your favorite talk show in New York. It's Sid and Friends in the Morning, exclusively Right here on Talk Radio 77, WABC. Talk Radio 77. W-A-B-C. Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. There must be some kind of way out of here. I can see Bruce Blakeman, a young Bruce Blakeman, long hair. Can you? Hanging out at like Hofstra, like my cousin Norm Coleman did, blasting some of this Jimi Hendrix, smoking some good herb. Now he's like, you know, tan, short hair. Looks like a Nassau County executive, but I can see Bruce Parting with uh, with two Jimi Hendrix. Did that happen, Bruce Blakeman? 
Hendricks said, I didn't know you were related to Norm Coleman. He's my first cousin. He's a great guy. He was a great senator. He was a great senator and a great mayor, too, two terms in St. Paul. But he did smoke pot with Abby Hoffman, Bruce. <laughs> okay, well, listen, that's uh, Abby Hoffman. That's something to say. That is something to say, yes. So you, uh, you are, of course, everybody knows you, Nassau County Executive, doing a tremendous job in uh, beating uh, Laura Curran last time around. Uh, and I know that you've been trying to get this casino there, the old Islanders' home, the National Coliseum. You've been out with me once before talking about the potential of it. Now you passed the first step, as you told me, overwhelming approval, bipartisan vote, 17 to 1. Next step, town zoning approval, then up to the state as to whether issue a license. So step one, great job, 17 out of 18. Is that pretty much a fait accompli now, or the next couple of steps really difficult? No, they're important steps. First of all, the town board will hold hearings on approval for zoning for a casino, luxury hotel, an entertainment center, and and luxury spa. So that'll take place probably in the next 60 to 90 days. And then after that, uh, fans will make a full application to the state for a license. And then sometime around April of next year, we expect a decision from the state. So there are still hurdles, but... I believe Nassau County at the Coliseum site is the best application. I believe that when the luxury hotel, entertainment center, and casino go up, they will provide thousands of jobs, uh, close to $100 million a year in revenue to the county and the surrounding communities. And I think it will be a win-win for everybody. I'm not a gambler, Sid. I'm not doing this for gambling. I'm doing this because of the whole package. When I go – to a casino, I go for the luxury hotel and the entertainment. They sure. don't make any money off of me in the <laughs> casino. Right. No, listen, I, I, I think it's a great idea. I had this conversation with uh, Anthony Scaramucci yesterday because he's very, very tight with Steve Cohen, who owns the New York Mets, and uh, Cohen's bid to get a casino out by on City Field there was blocked by some Forest Hills politician, Jessica Ramos, and we talked about all these old misconceptions that casinos bring in you know, bad people and a bad element. It's complete nonsense. In fact, many cities like Atlantic City, if not for the casinos, it would be a total dump, right? Well, in fact, the casinos bring mostly senior citizens. Right. So, but busloads, busloads of senior citizens. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think senior citizens are going to be committed any 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 crimes. <laughs> They're just going there to have a couple of hours of fun right. and uh, and pass some time. And we're also hoping to get what they call in the casino business whales. That's really, really rich people who love to gamble, and they spend a lot of money on hotels. They spend a lot of money shopping. They spend a lot of money in restaurants, and they come from all over the United States. And I believe that if our casino is built and our hotel and entertainment center, that we will be the number one casino gross revenue-wise in the United States. I think it will be a real economic boom. Thousands of jobs, thousands yeah. of jobs. You know what's funny? Like a place like Mohegan Sun in Uncasville, Connecticut. Not a lot of folks up there. Then they built the casino, as you know, years ago, the old Concord, Cayambisha Lake, upstate New York. And the area around there, Bruce, as you know, is poor. But you look at where you're going to build this casino if it goes through. You've got neighboring towns like Manhasset. These are some of the wealthiest towns in the country. So you don't have to rely necessarily on people coming from other states. Your neighboring towns, Roslyn, Mineola, there's a lot of money there, a lot. 
Well, we are one of the most prosperous counties in the United States, and my job is to make sure that I keep it that way. So uh, it's about the jobs. It's about economic development. But we also believe that we will draw people from around the world who will come here because we're 30 minutes from LaGuardia. We're 30 minutes from JFK. Uh, we're 45 minutes from the city of New York. We have a great location. We've got beautiful beaches, great parks. Terrific museums. We've got restaurants. We've got world-class shopping. We've got it all here in Nassau County. And my job is to market the county and create jobs and economic prosperity. Which you do a great job of. This is my friend, the Nassau County Executive, Bruce Blakeman. How big of a hotel are you uh, thinking about, Bruce? How many many rooms? Well, I think they're going to have about 400 rooms. Uh, Typically, about three-quarters of those rooms will be uh, comp rooms by uh, the casino. So... Uh, about a quarter of the of the rooms or a third of the rooms will be open uh, on a regular basis. So this is a good thing because the overflow to the hotels around, like the Garden City Hotel or, or the Hilton Inn or the Marriott, all of these hotels will prosper with the overflow, plus the entertainment venue. It'll get first-class entertainment, a luxury spa, celebrity chefs. Wow. I mean, this is something that's right. really, really exciting for the area. Wow, that does sound uh, great. Well, I wish you the best of luck. Again, 17 to 1 bipartisan goes Nassau County's way. Step one, and just to kind of uh, go back uh, in the conversation, step two, you think, comes, what is that, April? No, step two probably comes in the next 60 to 90 days. The right. State right. Town Board will consider the zoning. Then they will make an application sometime in the fall. Uh, to the state, and the state, about six to eight months after that, will render a decision. So let's uh, take the best-case scenario, and it all works. The town says yes, the state says yes, and in nine months, we're getting a casino in uh, by National Coliseum. Uh, from the time they put that first drill in the ground, how long do you think it would take to have an operating casino in Nassau County? Well, uh, the SANS already has a project labor agreement with all the unions, so there'll be no issues with respect to which, you know, contractors are qualified. So I think they'll get a shovel in the ground right away. And I've told Rob Goldstein, the CEO, that I want it built as soon as possible. So uh, I'm shooting for for the end of uh, 2025 for it to be open. That's realistic. And that is the SANS you said, right, Bruce? Yes, Las Vegas Sands. Great place. One more. Uh, I know that, uh, of course, they, a couple of weeks ago now, it's an older story, but they unsealed the indictment for George Santos, and there were 13 charges. And the only uh, discussion going on right now politically is, is, is there enough now to make sure that Kevin McCarthy expels George Santos? Now, I know you've been hard at work, and Joe Cairo, and Peter King, and Anthony D'Esposito, and a whole bunch of you folks out there on Long Island, but... Where are we in that, in, in making sure that George Santos is expelled even before we talk about criminal stuff? Well, uh, the House of Representatives, Anthony D'Esposito, sponsored a motion to send uh, Santos' case to the Ethics Committee, uh, where they will have an investigation of everything that he's done. But he's already admitted that he's, that he's lied about very important things, uh, if George Santos wanted to rehabilitate his career, the first step would be to resign. But I think I, I, I'm, I'm not confident he will resign because I think he's delusional. But uh, the first step in rehabilitating himself as a human being uh, would be to resign. And I'm still hopeful that maybe uh, he'll get some common sense and 
he'll do the right thing and, and realize that he can't represent the people of his uh, of his district any longer. So on the way out, Bruce, are you confident if he does resign or if it's over a special election that we've got a Republican who can beat somebody, I don't know, like Tom Swazi? Yeah, because um, the issues haven't changed since the last election. It's still about uh, lowering taxes, economic prosperity, and safe communities. And the Republicans are on the right side of those issues. The Democrats are not. Listen, I am thrilled for you, Bruce. This is a big, big deal. You know, my wife, of course, works in uh, Nassau County, and a lot of my dear friends live there and work there. And I think it's a great thing. I really do. So best of luck. Glad you won round one. And we'll keep watching as the fight continues. Congratulations. Uh, thank you, Sid. And say hello to Senator Coleman for me. You got it, pal. No problem. That's uh, Nassau County Executive Bruce Blankman. And, yes, Senator Norm Coleman is, in fact, my first cousin. Uh, we'll get, uh, get the game going today. We're going to play Sid's take. Not often we play it these days because we have so many great guests. Like tomorrow, for example, at this time at 940 WFAN Afternoon host Craig Carton will join me. But today we do have the time, so we are going to play 1-800-848-WABC. As always, that's the number, 1-800-848-9222. Now it's time for Sid's Take. Sid's Take! Sid's Take, yeah! Good luck. It's Sid's Take, no, sponsored no, 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 no. by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Good luck, Heaters good luck. On yeah, 77 yeah. WABC. Bing, bing, boom. Your Tuesday edition of the Peerless Boilers Sid's Take Trivia Game. Sponsored by P. Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to peerlessboilers.com, paviliontankless.com. The fun to deal near you. They're the world's best-built boilers. Two for Tuesday. Our contestant is Charles. Long for Charlie, even though... They're the same amount of uh, letters. Charlie might even be more letters than Charles. <laughs> You're off to a good start. <laughs> <laughs> Charles, do you go by Charlie or Charles? Call me anything you want. Just don't call me late for dinner. <laughs> oh, hey, oh, oh. Wow. I'm going to call you Chuck, all right? Back in the 50s. Charlie's yeah. good. Either way, it doesn't matter. All right, he likes Charlie. Okay. See, Thank God yeah. he, he sold himself out there. He likes Charlie. All right, Charlie. Uh, Charlie's calling from out in Dutchess County. Charlie, are you on speakerphone? Yes, I am. Can you take it? Can you take us off speakerphone, Charlie? I mean, my God, a little respect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, hold on one second. All right, we're holding. All right, All right. we got nowhere to go. I don't know. Is we're there? all good. Is all good. good. I don't know. Is there, Charlie. Come in, Charlie. I'm working on it. All right. All right. I just know it's a one button. All oh. right. I hear something. Are you there, Charlie? Whoa! Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. All right, much better. All right, let's go. I'll give you two songs. you got to give me the artist, okay? Okay. All right, number one. Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go and Everything She Wants. The Go-Go's. No. <laughs> like it. Uh, correct answer. That would be Wham, George Michael. On to number two. Black Dog and Immigrant Song. Oh, I have no idea. Oh, all right. Oh, no. Correct answer there would be Led Zeppelin. On number three, Chuck. Redondo Beach and Free Money. What do you got? What do you got? What do you got? Man, I don't even know this one. <laughs> Charlie, you there? Charlie. Oh, great. Uh, Charlie's not there. Wow. Uh, Lewis, what do you got? 
Uh, Patty Smith. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Louis. Louis, you're, uh, you're one for three. Oh, man, imagine if I had the answers. <laughs> oh, wait, what's this? Louis, number four, Kokomo, and uh, I get around. What do you got? Uh, I would say, um, let's see, uh, the Kinks. No, Louis. The Beach Boys. Oh, yeah. Uh, what are you, one for four? I don't know what I am. Are you even looking at, are you looking at the answers and just I, giving me the wrong answer? Well, I've had the sheet for about 45 <laughs> minutes. Number and five. It, plus it's old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, plus it is old. Number five, Louis. Okay, not looking. Together again and Rhythm Nation. Uh, that would be, uh, the Gregorian chance number seven. <laughs> yeah. Spectacular. <laughs> well, I guess I'm wrong. All right, we'll say uh, we'll say Lewis went two for five. All right, let me we'll say Sydney has to get. I'll get the big guy. I'll get him. Hang on. No, Doug, we haven't done the seal giveaway yet. If you would get off my back about it, maybe we'll do the seal giveaway. If I could just get him to do it, then uh, maybe we'll do it. What is it? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Everybody, yeah, everybody's right on my ass about this seal giveaway. <laughs> no, listen, go see Seal tomorrow night, okay? He's, uh, well, you t- can't do it now. Nobody's by the phone. It's tonight. It's tomorrow night. It's oh, Seal okay. and the Buggles. You're going to have to do it again. I'll do it when we get back at the end. Let's go. Come on, come on. That's what I was planning to do. Come on, let's go. All right. Uh, <laughs> we, we lost a, we lost a contestant yeah. after three questions. He was over three? He was uh, over three, and then uh, yeah. Lewis took it the rest of the way went, uh, went two for five. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I didn't cheat. <laughs> yeah, I didn't cheat at all. All right, uh. Let's go. Two what, for Tuesday. What's the, two for Tuesday, okay. Wake me up before you go-go. Wham. <laughs> George Michael going to the Hall of Fame in Cleveland mm-hmm. come November. There you go. Uh, number two, Black Dog, Immigrant Song. That's right. Okay. What? Uh-huh. What? What are you doing? Black Dog. <laughs> That's Black Sabbath. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Something happened. I don't know. I don't know. What was that? I don't know. Led Zeppelin. Come on, Sid. Under number three. Redondo Beach and free money. Redondo Beach? Yeah. You're not getting this one. Beach Boys. Now. Oh, my. One for three. Patty Smith, the correct answer there. I knew. Under number four. (laughs) (laughs) Kokomo and I Get Around. That's the Beach Boys. There you go. Pokemon's such an annoying song. Uh, I know. Oh, God. Uh, Two for four. On to number five. In an attempt to win today's game. <laughs> Together again and Rhythm Nation. Rhythm Nation is Janet Jackson. Uh, well. Well. It's Janet Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Yeah. I like Janet Jackson. Yeah. She's actually talented. All right. She's a good actress. Well, she was on the TV show Good Times. We're all entitled to an opinion. You don't yeah, think she's uh, talented? You have one. I haven't, oh, I, I haven't heard Stop of it. Stop it. <laughs> she can act, she can dance, she can sing. She, acted, she was right there with Michael. Yeah. She acted happy in that family, so she was a good actress. In Good Times? <laughs> no, in the Jacksons. Oh, I know, you're right. She also made a movie with Tupac called Poetic Justice. She was terrific. And she can sing and dance. In fact, she's one of the all-time best ever, oh. Janet Jackson. Oh. Wow. Jeez, what is the matter with you? What's the matter with me? Uh-huh. I haven't said a word in like six minutes. <laughs> and unlike her brother, did nothing that was disgusting or, or, or you know, even up for any controversy. Oh, okay. Like nothing. Don't like, ever talk bad about Janet Jackson again. Even, I will kill you. Not even one thing she did that is uh, Not even one thing. Not one thing. Hey, Noam, do me a favor. If Noam is out there, can you do me a quick favor and just recap the uh, four highlights, or at least the four things you took from my mom's appearance earlier this morning? The four, please. Sure. Uh, your mother said, 
President Obama is a punk. Yeah. Ding. She said Mayor Adams is a dirtbag. Yeah. <laughs> the second time I'm reading it, it's actually funnier. The um, She says, if an illegal shows up at her house, she will blow them away. <laughs> and if that wasn't enough, she topped it off with that someone needs to kill the president. Uh, Hi, there it is. Okay. Naomi Rosenberg. Uh, well, she'll be back in two weeks. She'll be right back. <laughs> it's Sid's Take. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. Oi! This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC. I heard you on the wireless back in 52. Lying awake intently tuning in on you. If I was young, it didn't stop you coming was the Buggles. This song, of course, was the first video ever on MTV. Ever. Video killed the radio star. I think the band barely knows it's there. The Buggles. Wow. Because we've been pumping up Seal, obviously. Crazy and Seal's got a ton of hits. Look at this. Tonight and tomorrow night, we've got tickets to experience the sensational Seal and these guys, the Buggles, at the legendary (laughs) Beacon Theater. As the ch- as the church would say, if that's the song you came to hear, now you can go home. Now you can go home. Yeah, this is it. I do love the Beacon Theater. It's a very, very intimate experience. I saw 10,000 million actually three times. Uh, so, again, you get the seal, you get the buggles. Picture yourself immersed in an unforgettable night of music. Call right now. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. Seal and the Buggles. Video killed the radio star at the Pekin Theater tonight and tomorrow night. Be calling number 6, 1-800-848-WABC. You go to the Beacon Theater. It's a great place. It is. Great place. Sounds great. Yeah, no, that's a good show. I mean, that's a, the Buggles, that's a, that's a... Legendary place? That is a legendary place. That is an iconic song. Yep. And Seal is a tremendous act. Tremendous. I think they do a 23-minute version of that <laughs> Yeah, they <laughs> must. Ah. <laughs> 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 uh, uh. <laughs> They must. Maybe Seal does it with them. I don't know. <laughs> Last time I was at uh, the theater, I told you I saw Natalie Merchant and the 10,000 uh, Maniacs, and sitting in the crowd, I had no idea, was Michael Stipe. And he jumped on stage, the REM lead singer, and they did happen. Shiny Happy People cool. together. It was awesome, bro. Yep, you never know what will happen. You, you just don't know. got to be there. You just don't know. It's true. Yeah, so yeah. Buggles and uh, Seal. Look at these phones. They don't care who it is. It's free. Matter. That wouldn't matter. We yeah. don't see who's don't at care. the show. I'd yeah. love to take yeah, pictures yeah, yeah. of that. Vladimir Zelensky's doing a stand-up comedy act tonight. <laughs> uh, here's the number. Uh, they, 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 they call like they just don't care. And Putin's the ticket collector <laughs> yeah, Putin, at the right. <laughs> that place. Yeah. Putin's going to sing Video Killed the Radio Star. Call number seven right now. I remember back in 52, <laughs> 20 tuning in on you. 
Well, it was a great show today. It really was. Some folks that never came on before, like Judge George Grasso and the DOC Commissioner Molina, he was great. And the regulars are tremendous today. Bo Deedle, Curtis Sliwa. We had a bunch of great folks on here. Seal, crazy. Big show coming your way tomorrow. Big one, folks. The regulars. Peter King, always amazing. Frank Morano, Curtis Sliwa. Also tomorrow, Nicole Sapphire. Also tomorrow, Alan Dershowitz and Craig Carton of WFAN fame. And big show is coming up on Thursday and Friday as well. We do it every day, folks. Every day, four hours a day, sitting friends in the morning. Big thanks to my crew, the great Lou Rufino, Justin Ellick, and Noam Layden. I'm going to go see my daughter, Ava. She's not feeling well. She's in the hospital. It's a long story. She's had a very difficult couple of weeks. Came home from college. She's been sick almost every day. It's been horrendous. So I have to go to the hospital next and go see her. And hopefully I can make it to uh, Judge Janine's book party tonight. It's with the Molenskis. That all depends on how Ava feels. Either way, we'll all be back again tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. So from this crew, all of us, to all of you on this sunny Tuesday in New York City. And see you on the way out. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.